Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Oh, see? No more just Chris and Rich. All right? Number 27, I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman, but I didn't hear the intro. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's true. He just says, now here are your hosts. All right? Ah, gotcha. Yes. So, you're, you're included indirectly. That didn't, cost me, that didn't cost me money to pay this dude to say things. I gotta have a whole bunch of things to send him. <laughs> but all right, so number twenty-seven. Who wore number twenty-seven? Steve Atwater. Who the fuck is that? Are you kidding me? Yes. No. I don't know. The best safety ever played for Denver Broncos. Uh, okay. Easy. F- okay, that's it. Hang up. I can't even talk to you no more. Wow. <laughs> Eddie George. I know who Eddie George is. Okay, he was number twenty-seven. Steve Atwater. You don't know who Steve Atwater is? No. Oh my goodness! It's not a name that gets batted around a lot. What oh, is? <laughs> if you love defense, you love Steve Atwater. That boy could hit. All oh, could he hit? Let me see what Google says about him. Ed, have at it. He's all over the place. Hey, there's a clip that says Atwater smacks Sequoia. See this? Time, baby. Ready to give it up? In the Kansas City game, I was standing maybe one man away when he made a big hit on a on a car, and just the, the sound of that hit fires you up. Damn! Sudden, was like, and yeah. It's like Christian Okoye ran into a wall, and that is yeah. <laughs> that is not a, a small feat because Christian Okoye was a big fucking dude. 
Yeah, that Nigerian had a nightmare. Let me tell you something. Like, literally, he just ran into him and then fell. Oh, shit. I know a 27. I'm sitting here racking my brain for a hockey one. Are you kidding? I think it's because he, he, when he went to Phoenix, or, yeah, it was Phoenix at that point, uh, he switched to 97. JR. Yeah, Jeremy Roenick. Yep. Ah, there you go. He played on the Blackhawks. Uh, Also, uh, Paul Menard. In NASCAR is 27. Oh, and Ron Hextall was 27, too. First goalie to shoot a goal. The first ever? For reals? No one before yeah. Ron... No, no goalie before Ron Hextall tried that out? Well, they might have tried it, but it was the first one ever made by a goalie. Oh, okay, his first one. Gotcha. First one made. I was, I was thinking maybe his first... He was the first ever goalie to take a shot on goal. I was like, really? There's a lot of hockey before Ron Hextall. Rich, did you catch the 30 for 30 Catholics versus convicts? Yes, I did. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that uh, this one they actually, well, the, the guy that directed it wasn't the same guy that directed the U part one and two, and I didn't think it would be. Um, because as enjoyable as, as those documentaries are, they are so biased towards the U. Uh, but, it, but what I didn't realize is that they were going to focus so much on the trademark infringement <laughs> that those guys were doing by printing all the different shirts they did. <laughs> the t-shirt guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that, the t-shirt guy was a walk-on at Notre Dame for the basketball team. I didn't, I didn't realize that either. That dude, t- that dude had some balls. Chris, did you happen to catch it? Uh, I did not. I've seen a, a lot of things rolling around the internet about it. but so. oh, Okay, well, you, you, it's the... 1988. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Notre Dame versus uh, the Hurricanes, correct? Yeah, up in up in South Bend. Um, but the interesting thing is, is that the, the shirts that were being printed up, the Catholics versus convicts, and uh, he printed up a shirt with a ticket that had a picture of Newt Rockney on it. Which one shirt he held up? He's like, I can't. I, just by glancing at it, I'm not even going to count. There's eight trademark violations on this shirt. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's uh, see if we can bring it up. See if we can point them out. Uh, did you say ticket stub or t-shirt? The ticket stub t-shirt. Well, one, he uses the term, he uses Notre Dame. So there's there's right there. That's a uh, trademark infringement. Whereas on the Catholics versus convicts, it was ND versus Miami. That's how he got away with that one. On the front and on the back, it said Catholics versus convicts. But yeah, these were all Notre Dame students that were doing this, uh, that made all these shirts. And then, obviously, someone has, has picked up and ran with it since, because you can still get those shirts. I've seen them, and I doubt they're almost 30 years old. I mean, I got an image of one here, but it, it I don't see all these trademark infringements. Uh, it says it's from 2008. Let me see. Let's see. Uh, original. We'll add that to the search. Is it the blue one? No, it was the white one. There's a white shirt that had... Hold on. Because I'm finding things from like 2008, 2016. Like, maybe i got to put 1980s. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing it either. Hmm. It's been scrubbed off the internet. I, dude, it is Notre Dame. Gavin Belson, I mean, get in there. For uh, Look up uh, uh, Catholic vs. Convicts t-shirt. Well, yeah, that one even came up under the search that I did. I have Catholic versus Convicts 1980s ticket stub T-shirt. I, mean, I don't think I can. 
don't think I can narrow it down any more than that for Google. I can maybe put original, and I mean, that's probably about as far as I can go with what I can search on. Well, anyways, uh, if, you, if you really want to see it, it's, it's a 30 for 30. The, the next one doesn't premiere until February, and that's the XFL one. They're going to run this thing ad nauseum until the next one premieres, especially in the next couple weeks. So if you want to see it, you can definitely see it, anybody out there listening. Um, but, I mean, we are going to talk about it, so spoiler alert. If you don't want to, I guess, fast forward and try to figure out if we change the subject or not. Anyways, um, one of the things that I thought was funny about the documentary is now you've seen, uh, Chris, you've seen the U part one and two, right? No, I've not. I, there's a lot of, I've, I've really? seen a lot of 30 for 30s. They are on Netflix and they are worth oh, watching. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, oh at one God. point, all of the 30 for 30s were on there. Oh, now shit. they do a rotating one. But I think the U. You just changed my life. I think but, the U part one. I got a month and the U. <laughs> The U Part 1 and the U Part 2, I think they rotate in and out. When one's on, the other's not. But then when the other comes back on, the other's not on. So um, at one point, I had all the 30 for 30s downloaded, but that was many computers and hard drive crashes ago. Um, well, anyways, in the U in Part 1, when they're talking to the guys from the, you know, the 80s hurricanes, they're almost bragging about how badass they were. I mean, at one point... Michael Irvin's like, you know, we were bad boys, and we enjoyed being bad boys, and we were good at it. And so they were kind of reveling in the fact they had this outlaw, you know, almost gang mentality. When I say gang, I mean gang as in their team versus the world. So, like, from the video? Own, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, literally meeting up with teams, you know, like half the the University of Miami and half of another team meeting up at the club two or three days before or after a game and just shutting the club down with a good old-fashioned bar fight that spills out into the street and the cops show up and innocent bystanders get sucked in and all that. I mean, it, it was ins- it, it was insanity that what was going on in the 80s down nope. at, at uh, nope. University of Miami. No dancing in this one, just stabbing. No, no, it's supposed to be like West Side Story or, or Beat It, it yeah. or uh, or Bad. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it, it built up to a huge thing. Like it was supposed to be a great game. I mean, it was a good game. But what I'm getting at is that okay, so here you have Miami Hurricanes who worked real hard to get to get this reputation. They liked this reputation. They were known as the Bad Boys. Like before the bad boys, now they were never called it, but that's what they were known as. Um, they had no problem with being portrayed as that and living up to that. And then here comes this dude from Notre Dame who prints up Catholics versus convict T-shirts, and all of a sudden in this documentary, I don't know if this is people playing for the camera nowadays or if this is how people really felt, but either way, I think they're fucking pussies. And they're little bitches for for if they do feel this way. I mean, you got every right to feel any way you want, but I, I got a right to call you a bitch for it. And if they're playing up for the camera because the social barometer has changed, in their opinion, then you're pussies also. Because there were people from the University of Miami and Notre Dame who still said we thought it was funny. In fact, one of the guys from the University of Miami was like, "I got like seven of them bitches." Uh, you could but, argue, but then there's other people that are like, I don't even want to talk about it. It's such a shameful 
history, part of our history. We just really, tried really? to look for the T-shirt and found several other editions. So apparently, when they play each other, uh, it's still a thing. But we're we're in a different social climate now, so you never know. But yeah, it, it it was amazing to watch. You know, people sit there and try to, you know, basically trip over themselves and break their neck to try to act like, oh my god how horrible this was. And it's like, look, here's the deal. Those two teams hated each other at that point in time. The last time they had met before that 88 game was... Hold on one sec. Okay, that was strange. Last time they met before that 88 game was in 85 when it was Notre Dame's... At that point, the coach before uh, Lou Holtz. I can't remember his name. Uh, Are you guys hearing this in the background? I ain't hearing shit. Okay. Was it Newt Rockney? No, God, no, it wasn't New Rock. <laughs> Anyways, it, it was his last game, and Miami, I think it was like 57-7 to 7 was the final score. And they went, you know, they, they, of course, attacked Jimmy Johnson and said, well, he ran the score up on him. And Jimmy Johnson's like, I played every single place, player on my roster. I can't help that, I, I, you know, these guys wanted to, you know, were starved for playtime. And when they went in there and they played, they dominated a team that wasn't on par with us. That's not my job. Is not to play for the other team. My job is to coach the team, my team that I that I'm the coach of the best I can. Jerry Faust. Jerry Faust. Thank you. <clears throat> so Notre Dame had this chip on their shoulder, and that's where a lot of the the vitriol came from. And there also was the fact that at at, in, at the stadium at that I don't know if it's still this way, but at that point in time. There's one way to come in and one way to go out. So as Notre Dame was leaving the field, as Notre Dame was leaving the field, Miami was taking the field, and neither team flinched, and they just kind of ran into each other and just started brawling right before the game. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I just think it's funny when guys in full pads and helmets and in football gear are taking swings at each other. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do besides break your hand? But yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but uh Jesus. Yeah. yeah so i mean it was it was a good 30 for 30 uh it was made by people who went to notre dame and notre dame did end up winning that game uh there was a bunch of questionable plays and questionable calls in that game near the end uh and it was funny also to, to watch questionable rich would you call that play that that, that when they went for uh they went for two instead of going for the tie. Would you call that pass interference? I mean, okay, that one. But what about the one they called a touchdown? Oh, the one where he trapped it between his body and the ground? Right, and then it rolls out. One ref calls it a touchdown. The other one calls it incomplete. Lou Holtz never even seen that and said that uh, there's no heaven or something in the future of those refs. Oh, and then there was also the play where... Um, the guy from Miami went down, and before he went down, the ball crossed the the plane, and they said he was down at the one yard line. And there was a changeover on downs. Notre Dame got the ball back. That's what I'm saying. There was a bunch of bullshit plays and calls. That's the game that Jimmy Johnson infamously said to his team and the press afterwards. He said, "I told these guys if we go to South Bend and we leave it, if it's close, the refs will give it to Notre Dame." So we have to put our foot on their neck and keep them down. Because if we give them one inch of daylight, the refs will give them that game. And sure as shit, what he said was going to happen, happened. Now, granted, 
just like this year's Michigan and Ohio State game, what, what, did, what did Chris and I say? Well, Michigan shouldn't have fucking, you know, the officiating shouldn't have been an issue. Michigan should have, you know, let the dogs loose on them. That's what they should have done. Shouldn't have gave up 14 points off of turnovers. You wouldn't have been in that position to where the refs could give you the game. Indeed. So, I mean, you can make that argument to Jimmy Johnson, but he, he, but you could, he didn't want to hear it. I mean, you could, but at the same time, though, Michigan was screwed the entire game by the refs. The entire game. Not just the end of the game. The entire game. It's nothing about being a homer. It's true. If you don't believe me, go back and watch it. With the entire game. And, you know, there's been a lot of uh, funky-ass calls through all of football <laughs> this last week. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, we but, uh, will. Yeah, it's definitely... I, I Personally... I love documentaries. Um, unless I absolutely have zero interest in the subject, I'll give any documentary at least a you know, 20, 25-minute shot. And I think there's maybe out of the... Because they've been doing these 30 for 30s. The first one was like in October of 2009. So they've been doing them since then at least to the... At least, I mean, like five, six a year. So do the math. There's maybe three or four that I just I couldn't get interested in for whatever reason. I was also watching the one they did on the 85 Bears. Yeah. And I did not know that Sweetness didn't score in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that. That was a big deal because it's like... It still is a huge deal. Exactly. Like, how the fucking Walter Payton never, in the Super Bowl, never get into the end zone? You know what, about that one, just real quick, that really struck me as weird is the players were like, so... Fridge was like, I scored. I got a ring. Uh, their safety, it, it was a white guy, I can't remember his name, but was like, I would have loved to score a touchdown or at any points in that game. Didn't happen, but I got a ring. And Mike Dicka came on and was like, did I mess up? Yeah, I messed up. It didn't occur to me that he hadn't scored. I, I should have. Uh, I, I regret it. It's probably the only thing I regret about that game. I'm like, the coach is so remorseful, hard-nosed Mike Dicka, so remorseful for not letting Sweetness score. But the players that should have loved to supported Sweetness was like, shut up, we got a ring. And then what it's about? It, I mean, isn't it really? Uh, I, I, I think so. Isn't it how it's going to go down in Dallas this year if they go all the way? Hey, whatever, Romo. You're wearing a ring, ain't you? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> When he sells it on eBay, when he goes bankrupt, he's going to get just as much money for it. <laughs> and all right, okay, he's, he's the one that led him to it. You're getting into the NFL there for a minute, and no, you know they lose to the Giants, and just, uh, just, just bringing up a similar situation is all. Personally, look, I and maybe this is because I was never an outstanding athlete on any team I was on. I was, you know, middle of the road to bringing up the end of the pack. Um, it, to me, it was always about whether the team wins or not. I had games when I played, you know, in Little League where I did awesome, you know, went for three for four, hit a double, stole a base, but we lost. No one was coming over patting me on the back saying, good job, even though you lost. It was, we sat down as a team and, you know, the coaches basically read us the riot act because we lost. Here's how this happened. Well, see, and I, I was a standout on my team. And I never cared if we won or lost. I only cared how many people I hit. And I love to hit. Well, they, there you go. There's, there's, the, how many people are on a football team? 
was it 53 people on a professional football team? Yeah. A whole lot of different personalities, a whole lot of different ways of looking at things. So, there you go. But to go with uh, college, though, and talking about screw jobs, Jabril Peppers, how do you not get him the Heisman? I was listening, and the reason I say this is because I watched the presentation, I saw the five guys, I saw all the videos and everything that they have done. Great athletes. I can't, I can't even begin to say they're not. But when the guy came out to finally present the trophy, he ran down what the Heisman stood for and what people that have gotten the Heisman did. And I'm like, okay, okay. And, and he's going through these lists, and, I'm, and he's not just talking about stats. He's talking about the athleticism, the diversity, the everything. And I'm sitting there going, okay, Jabril Peppers played every position on a football field except for a kicker and a lineman. Give him his due! I, I, oh, shit. I will agree with you. I mean, the man has shown he has quite the football IQ. I don't know how he was only fifth. I mean, at least top three. I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't get there. I understand quarterbacks get all the rave and, and all that good shit, but no. Because, because the, the Heisman, okay, just to give you an idea here. Since 1949, there's been four defensive players that have won the Heisman. The Heisman, for whatever reason, obviously whoever does the voting and decision-making have decided that that isn't, unless you are, are, are an outstanding player on defense, which Peppers is, I'm not taking anything away from him, you're not going to even sniff a Heisman. And probably the fact that he was invited and he was a finalist, they feel is enough of an honor for him. Garbage. Because, I mean, it's been almost 20 years since the last person won a Heisman that was a defensive player, and that was Woodson for Michigan. Before that, it was Howard. And before that, it was Tim Brown for Notre Dame in 87. And from 1949 1987, nobody, no defensive player who that his, play, his first and main position was on defense had won a Heisman. So, okay. so I, I personally, why don't we just call it what it is, the Heisman Offensive Trophy. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the the Heisman Memorial Trophy is awarded annually to the most outstanding player in college football in the United States whose performance best exhibits the pursuit of excellence with integrity. Are you kidding? How is, and like I said, you know, Louisville's quarterback, beautiful. He, he can throw a ball. He can run a ball. He's, he's got skills. He's got skills. But that's not, I, there's no, I, there's so many things that I can get to. Somebody says something or somebody does something. And I'm like, all right, I see how you got there. I see the path. But how do you look at what Jabril Peppers did in his career, or at least the season, as a football player? How diverse. And, and it wasn't just like he was there for show. Like he was, he was a cornerback. He was an inside linebacker. He was a quarterback, he was a receiver, a running back. In every position that man went in, he wasn't there as just the name. He wasn't there as a distraction. He did his job when he was there. He has many accomplishments in every position that he played. No, I totally and, agree with you. And you can look at that. Right, and you can look at that and say, yeah, but this quarterback is better. How? For whatever reason, it's the same. It's the same mentality and reason that 
when we talk about the greatest athlete, all-around athlete to ever play sports, Jim Thorpe's name hardly ever gets brought up. But then anyone who really knows Jim Thorpe's fucking, his record, you can't argue with it. From college to Olympics to baseball to football, the man did a whole lot of everything. Did he play against black guys? And he did it well. Well, I guess it's the one slam. I guess you could, well, I don't know, man. Was football segregated into the into the, the late 20s and early 30s? Hmm. Uh, I, 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 bet, I bet we know who knows the answer. Google? Yep. Well, just so you just also so you know, uh, Thorpe was raised Ooh, uh, yeah as a Native American. So, uh, first black uh, football player, nineteen forty six with an NFL team, Kenny Washington. Uh, he came out of UCLA. Who the fuck did he sign with? It just says an NFL team. Let's see. Well, I mean, the point is, is that Peppers is an all-around complete football player. He's not just an outstanding defensive back or an outstanding running back or an outstanding linebacker. He's an all-around amazing football player. Right. Now, with what you just said, I don't think that's, for whatever reason, I don't think that's valued as much these days. Well, and with what you just said, it goes on to say the Heisman Trophy is awarded for everything I just said, and the winner's epitomize great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. You just said that. Yes! I'm, I'm agreeing with you, dude. What do you want me to say? Didn't we sit here a couple, a couple episodes ago, or last episode, and basically all agree that when it comes to college football and their rankings and the playoffs and everything else, it's just one big clusterfuck? That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Yeah. I, I just... I mean... It's it's was he robbed in my opinion, but you know what people will say who are listening to this who who disagree with me. Well, you're just saying that because you're a Michigan homer. But then if then Lamar face- Jackson, if Lamar Jackson would have done this, I would say he deserved to win. He won, but he only was he was quarterback. Right there with you. Right there with you. Well, I'm just saying for people that are listening, I'm not saying this because Peppers is a Michigan player. I'm saying this because Peppers is an all-around football player. He played literally everything except a kicker and a lineman. It's the only two things that man hadn't played. Played this season, this season, he played 15 out of 22 positions. Well, I guess, you know, silver lining for Jackson. Uh, uh, Louisville, not far from Cleveland. So we We're not 22 positions, but uh, excuse me. You know, you know what I meant. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, not, Louisville's not far from Cleveland. You won't have much far to move. <laughs> God, I, <laughs> that poor I mean, bastard. That's, that's where number one's ending up, right there, San Francisco. Unless Cleveland, yeah. you know, Cleveland manages to win out. You know what? No, you know what? I, it's the NFL draft, dude. And just like the NCAA college football championship shit, going back in the day till right now is a clusterfuck. I don't understand why some teams draft the, the way they do. I mean, last I checked, Cleveland and San Francisco both need a QB. So, yeah. So Peppers could be passed over real quick by those two teams, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it it's to me the draft means very little. Where you pick in the draft means very little to me because Tom Brady was picked in the fourth uh, round. I knew that was going to come up, but he was. You are correct. And he he's was, he was one of the there. most elite quarterbacks ever. 
He was sitting there three times for the Lions to pick him up. And just remember... Uh, oh, we had other things. We had other things. How many players were drafted before Barry Sanders? How many players... <coughs> excuse me. There was a player picked before Michael Jordan. I mean, so... Just because these people are in positions to where they get to pick doesn't mean they know what they're doing all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, we went, we, we, we yeah. Ask, anybody, ask anybody who wanted their team to, to grab Ryan Leaf. Yeah, I know, right? Whoops. But, but yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. Pepper's got fucked out of the Heisman. But once again, <clears throat> and, and this is a, a local sports personality who's a Michigan State homer. Uh, if you're from Detroit, you know exactly who I'm talking about. He's been saying all season Peppers wasn't going to even get invited to the Heisman ceremony, and if he did, that's more of a thumbs up to the brand of Michigan versus anything that Peppers did on the field. Oh, was he wrong? Because it doesn't sound like it, you know, looking back on Saturday now, hindsight being what it is. Well, here's the point. Is that because it was he, he wasn't saying that's how the NCAA feels. He said that's the fact. Okay, well, the fact is no player is as versatile as Peppers. No, players was, no player was as dominant at every position he played as Peppers. To say that Peppers' play didn't earn, didn't earn him even a, a spot to be a finalist for the Heisman. So he, was he bagging? It was, be, it was only because he played for Michigan. I guess is he bagging he on the guy's fight? play or is he bagging on the system like we were? Like, it's not going to matter. He's not an offensive player. Anybody that knows this guy knows that he was bagging on him because the player's from Michigan. He's trying to, he's he's basically trying to dismiss anything the Peppers did and say if he didn't have that block him behind him, he wouldn't have gotten an invite to the Heisman Trophy, <clears throat> the Heisman Trophy ceremony. And we all know that if he had that white S on his helmet and he, and he, and the situation was reversed, this person would have been screaming from the rafters that this person needs the Heisman Trophy and it's a travesty and abortion and every other fucking adjective he can come up with to describe it if he didn't win it. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. That, Holy shit. That's the homerism I'm talking about. But nah. still, I mean, it is what it is. And let's be honest, who gives a fuck about a Heisman Trophy it's a personal achievement. It's it's nice. It's wonderful. Whoever wins it, I'm sure they feel good. But guess what? There's plenty of guys who went on to be dominant in the NFL who never sniffed a Heisman ceremony. Andre Ware had a Heisman. <laughs> yeah, Ricky Wilson. Yeah, no, say it. Ricky Williams. Andre Ware was a huge bust here. I mean, how many games did he ever really start? Like six. Didn't Jamarcus Russell have a fucking Heisman? There you go. So. So. How about Johnny Football? He was there. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with Tim Tebow, which, by the way, the pictures of those two standing together at the ceremony have, oh, turned, crying. have, have, turned, crying. Into, have turned into some great memes on the Internet. I love it. I don't know. The, the, one, where, the one where Tebow and, 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 and uh, Manziel are standing next to each other, and it says, Manziel, he's like, hey, let's go get drunk. Tebow's like, but what about Jesus? No, man, let's go get drunk. What, what? about Jesus? Let's do some cocaine. What? Hey, Mansell's like, what? Well, I didn't say anything. <laughs> hey, let's go not get some pussy. <laughs> That's Tebow screaming. Oh, by the way, yeah. just to interject this in, <clears throat> what did what did Tebow bat in the Arizona Fall League? Under two hundred, so he bat under he batted under the Mendoza line, and they're saying that he's going to be at the New York Mets spring training. For sure, 
Come on, Mets. You're just really you're, you're just getting your That's credibility back. Come on, Mets. That is that is literally. Please buy our merchandise. Mm-hmm. As all that is, there's no there's no way a player yeah. who is double digits years removed from his last time playing competitive organized baseball until he went to the fall league and batted under 200 should be at anybody's spring training unless he's a walk-on tryout. Hey, if we're, if we're uh, throwing in about has-beens, did you guys hear about Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan? What now? In reference to? Uh, the way Barkley uh, tore down Michael Jordan, the owner. Well, I mean, think about low-hanging fruit. Yeah, well, I mean, Barkley was, you know, on TV and just tore down Michael and and saying how terrible of an owner he is and the moves that he's making and, you know, he needs to do better and everything else. And it's caused a big ruckus and everybody thinks that Charles Barkley now owes Michael Jordan an apology. Why are commentators not allowed to commentate anymore? I don't know. Who, Michael George should be, who gives a fuck? I own a basketball team and you don't. Enjoy your paycheck from your broadcast job. Like, who gives a shit? Sorry. Getting a little yeah. angry. Kenny, Kenny Smith says Charles should apologize to Mike. Why? <laughs> For what? For having it's an opinion? Same, it's the same reason Stephen A. Smith had to apologize to a team in the playoffs last year, in the NBA playoffs. When he said there's no way that they're going to win a game against LeBron and the Cavs. And they did. And so he had to apologize to Toronto, was it Raptors? So, yeah. See, Michael Jordan looked up from his blackjack table long enough to give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, really. That's what, that's what I'm saying. But see, this, this, this kind of leads into something that, that I think is interesting going on over there at ESPN. If you've noticed in the last year... They've blown out a lot of people at ESPN. Yeah. Uh, Bill Simmons, Skip Bayless. Who else? Scott Van Pelt isn't there anymore, is he? Uh, yeah, SVP is on late at night at ESPN. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, he, is he? He does, he does the Midnight Sports Center. Oh, no, I'm thinking Colin Cowherd. Yeah, yeah, but there's another one, Colin Cowherd. These yeah, are all the within Herbert the last Cow. year. And it's, it's something that is not being talked about. Because in in the mainstream sports media, because Disney owns ABC and ESPN, and ESPN, for better or for worse, is the mainstream sports media, with Fox a distant number two. But there's like a agenda that Disney is pushing, and if you and if it seems like the people that are getting blown out are the people that refuse to kowtow to. Disney and its agenda that's being pushed upon them. You just gotta, there's no more commentary, it's just which, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, I guess but, I mean, it's just, here's the scores here's what's going on, the end that's that's pretty much turning into what they want, anyone who has, but how does fucking Stephen A. Smith still have a job? Is he, he might be next, if you think, I mean he does work for Disney, he says some outrageous shit, I, I think he's got some writers maybe, maybe writing it for him but, uh, he could be next It because it's I just think they want, for lack of a better term here, they want Mick Sportscaster. I mean, I sent you guys a uh, Adam Carolla show a couple weeks ago. Joe Buck was on it. Joe Buck is actually 
quite an entertaining individual when he's allowed to have a personality. And that's what he talked about. Like, they got into, like, hey, man, people slag you because they think you're boring and you're just, uh, you know, regular-ass sportscaster, you know, no personality. And he pretty much said, because I have to be. Otherwise, it's done. I don't have a job anymore. And I, I got to wonder how much of that bled over into his very short-lived uh, HBO series. Uh, he did talk about the irony that uh, he got the HBO series got the Ziggy because he had uh, uh, what was he talking about? Uh, some there was some kind of crazy thing that happened on the show, and it pretty much yeah, was. Artie Lang came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, yeah. Uh, he was still with Stern, mm-hmm. and basically just roasted Buck to his face. And it was uh, it was Artie Lang, uh, Paul Rudd, and Jason Sudeikis, and Sudeikis. Oh. But that was a good I show. guess I guess Paul Rudd and Joe Buck went to college and were roommates together, so they knew each other from way back. And Sudeikis being, I guess he's buddies with Rudd through some some you know whatever. But anyways, Artie was the odd man out, and Artie being Artie and still being on drugs and alcohol at that point in time just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean he 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 okay Michael it was the first episode it was great Michael Irvin sitting in the uh, in the audience. And he goes, you know, I'm a, and Artie's like, hey, you know, I'm a Giants fan. I gotta say this, Michael Irvin, you owe you owe some bookie in New Jersey a lot of money, motherfucker. <sighs> you know, like just calling him out, and he's like, and as a Giants fan, I gotta love that their quarterback has a name that rhymes with homo. You know, and fucking, he was dating Jessica Simpson. He goes, and he's dating a fat bitch. And I'm just like, oh my god, dude, it was fucking great. And Joe Buck, you could just sit there and see him, just like uh, the color drain from his face, going. I'm not going to last a month. And he didn't. He got, I think, three shows in. They canceled it. Yeah. And it's but, ironic. It's HBO. Where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be able to say whatever the fuck you want. That just proves that it, it, it goes to prove it's, it's a decent amount of evidence for what I'm saying. Ultimately, even HBO, when he was on HBO, he, Joe Buck still had to be responsible to his corporate masters and the fact that he spoke up on the adam carolla show as much as he did shocks me because mm-hmm. that could be easily flipped around into he's biting the hand that feeds him well he wasn't uh, well i mean i know it's our new our new society but he wasn't malicious about it. he's just stating the facts he's like hey there's certain <laughs> there's certain lines i gotta toe because i am employed and i like being employed and i would like to stay employed well for whatever I, reason, we. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Earl. No, I just I want to know. Do you guys remember Jim Rome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on Showtime. Yeah, he's still. Do you remember? He's still alive. Do you remember? He didn't die. Yeah. Do you remember when he uh, interviewed Jim Everett? Yeah, they kept calling Chris Everett. Right. And do you remember what happened? Let me guess. He got fired. fired. Shoved his ass off the off the fucking dais up there uh, in front of the camera. Right. He was about to f- it, it, wail on him before they stopped him. I, you you don't get that in today's sports reporting. You don't, and and not just the fighting in it, but real talk. You just don't. You can't. No, you get real talk, and you know where you get it. You don't get it anywhere on terrestrial radio. You don't get it anywhere on cable TV. You get it on podcasts who aren't connected to terrestrial radio or the mainstream sports media, or you get it in blogs. Well, that's, now that we. Even Corolla's suspect now, though, because you're hearing uh, commercials for, like, Ford and GM and Craftsman Tools and shit on his podcast. So, I mean, the, the, 
the big money is it, it's starting to creep into the i mean and he does now he does wednesday and friday he does a clean show you know which he basically says don't think of me as doing a clean show think of it i think of it as me doing love line two days a week but it's once the money gets involved man like it's yeah but here's the thing he, he has to decide how much money he's willing to take to curb his style because if he doesn't want that money, he can easily tell them advertisers, thank you, but no thank you. He doesn't have to take that, that advertising. Well, that's the good thing with the podcast is he can be like, well, I can take my million listeners a day and someone else will want to <laughs> will wanna spread their message using my platform. So I guess that is good in a sense. At least there's still that kind of autonomy with podcasts. Sort of. And I mean, I... But money will ruin everything like it does eventually. Uh, I mean, sadly, but... Money in the white man. But, I mean, you know, I, I, it's how come I can't even watch... I can't even watch a lot of ESPN anymore. I mean, I try to think of shows that are worth watching on ESPN. I used to watch their, you know, Sunday pregame show. Don't watch it. I watch Fox. I, I rarely watch CBS because I'm not 80 years old. Yeah, I um, watch... The pregame, I watch NFL Network. I watch Mooch, uh, Michael Irvin. Pardon, pardon the interruption. I, I like that a little bit. And around the horn, I like that a little bit. They get a little real. Yeah, those those are the those are the two that if I'm flipping channels and they're on, that I'll I'll keep it on. Um, but I heard another podcast bring up a very good point. ESPN is trying to push what sports it wants their viewers to be into. Yeah. And as Barry in sports, they don't want their viewers to be into A classic example is uh, when we first started this podcast, I used to DVR Sports Center. Now I realize it's just a waste of bandwidth. But uh, 6 o'clock Sports Center one day, they're leading with the women's basketball tournament. Hmm? Like, just because you think it matters doesn't mean it does. I hate to say it, but look at the receipts. Bottom line. Look at what the WNBA takes in compared to the regular NBA. Look at what women's college sports br- take in versus men's college sports. It's, uh, is, are we sexist because that's what we watch? I mean, it's that, that's what draws the eyeballs. That's what draws the dollars. Like, that's what happens. D- don't push your stupid agenda. You should be leading with one of the big four. Well, even take out women's, women's sports like, you know, women's basketball or, or whatever, softball, whatever the fuck, and just look at the way they've just completely dished hockey. That, yeah. was, that, that, was, that was pure spite because, that they dished hockey like they did. Because they got snubbed for NBC. Ah, speaking of hockey, new rule. If oh. Crosby's anywhere near the net, you have every right to take both hands on your stick and fucking tomahawk chop that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing him score a goal and people go, oh my God, it's the greatest goal ever scored. Hey, dude, welcome to... Speaking of speaking of the powers that be, uh, pushing a, a agenda, it's, it's what the NHL wants, dude. I mean, Did you see the goal they're talking about now where he smaps it out of midair past the goalie? Didn't we talk about that last banking week? off the back of the goalie? No, there's a new one. Hang on, I'll send it to you. All I know is that I'm sitting there and I'm watching <clears throat> one of the few highlights that I actually caught on ESPN, and it went by so quick I didn't get a chance to catch the player's name. But uh, he's playing. He, he it was uh, he played for Philly, I believe. Okay, so a guy's basically behind the net, throws a pass to a guy coming up by the faceoff circle. The guy at the faceoff circle 
launches himself in the air and one-timers a slap shot in the air past the goalie. And I'm like, how is that not how is that not contender for goal of the year? But yet I'm seeing this fucking Crosby goal where he banks it off the back he of a goalie. The chosen one. Exactly. We haven't got Exactly. Fucking it's just how they the just agenda's being pushed, you know? It's like LeBron in Cleveland. Do we want to get into that? I'm gonna keep with the hockey talk. So go either well, way. I did a nice little. Here, here you go. Well, yeah, you, let him send, let him send, let him send this to us, and we'll take a look at it. See if it's even worth talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's not what we're talking about. That's why I said if Crosby's anywhere near the goal, tomahawk chop that motherfucker. I want to talk about that. I'm so tired of him scoring a goal, and it's the greatest thing on ice. Alright, now let's see the replay. So they said he bunts it in out of midair. Yeah, it was it was great hand eye coordination. It was a good goal. I'm not gonna lie about it. It was a good goal. But I've seen that. That's nothing spectacular. I've seen that a few times, actually. That's good hand eye. Yeah. I bet he do I bet he does well at the batting cage. I'm just saying. But how's it any different than uh, okay as far as hand eye coordination, how's that any different? And a guy like Cicerelli, he used to deflect slap shots from the point with the blade of his stick to go, you know, five hole on a goalie. I mean, I'll say that's impressive. I wouldn't say that's like goal of the year kind of material. But, but no, that's what, I bet that happens every couple weeks. But that's what they're building it up to be. Crosby is just awesome, and that was like never seen before. And I'm like, I've seen that a few times. Yeah, I bet some. Some, I bet some rookie just did it last month. Or he'll do it in January. Oh. Well, that's, that's something that, that's interesting is that there's a lot of young guys coming up in the NHL. And I'm, it's going to be... Because Crosby's now... If Crosby isn't part of the old guard, meaning that, you know, he's peaked and he now he's, he's over the top of the hill... Um, He's definitely right there. And he can't be that old. No, what I'm saying league? is as far as how long he's been in the league. And yeah, Crosby's Crosby's gotta be what? He's gotta be into his thirties by now. Wow, am I that I mean, out of touch with hockey? I still think he's relatively new. Possibly. Well hold on a second and we'll let Google decide that. No, he's twenty nine. You're right. Okay. Oh, well, he's older than I thought he was. I thought he was still maybe mid twenties, early twenties. Like, oh, he's only been in the league a couple of years. I am wrong. <laughs> no, his first year was uh, the post lockout year in the uh, is a two thousand five two thousand six uh, season. So I mean, that's yeah. yeah I guess it's eleven seasons for him. Two thousand five. Yeah. Jesus. I get, wow. No, I get it. I get it. But it it almost feels like. They're trying to make him like a, a LeBron or oh, absolutely a, a, a Kobe. Like he's the second coming of Jordan. You know, he's the second coming of the greatest. They, you need, know, a new, they need a new Gretzky. That's who they've oh, dude, chosen. They were, they were they were pumping him up as the new Gretzky uh, well before he even laced up and, and and put a blade on the ice in the NHL. You know, I, I heard people 
you know, when he was in the uh, uh, Quebec Major Junior League, uh, you know, just talking about, oh, he's going to shatter all Gretzky's records. You know, his nickname was the next one and all this type shit. And I'm just like, really? Really? I mean, I, <laughs> I don't have his stats and to this point in his career memorized. Okay. But I guarantee you they're quite a, quite a few Quite, quite far behind what Gretzky's were at this point in Gretzky's career. Pretty much guaranteeing that. So, it's just, it's, it's what the NHL felt it needed, and it's what they're doing. They're pushing it. And, I mean, look, it, all things went perfect. It was, the, it was the draft lottery. Pittsburgh won it, which, I mean, you know, I won't get into that. Pittsburgh is they're not an original six team, but they are one of the teams that were there during the, the first expansion. They do have history because of Yager and Mario Lemieux. And Lemieux came out of retirement that first season to play alongside Crosby, put Crosby up in his own home. Crosby was living with Mario Lemieux and his family that first season. I mean, it, the NHL saw that and said, this is just an all-around great story. And pushed him as this as, as the next thing. The, diff, the thing is, is that if he wasn't such a fucking little shit and a crybaby on the ice, it would have worked. That narrative would have went a lot farther with hockey fans than it has. The problem is, he's a diver, he's a crybaby, he's a, he's a cheap shot artist, but if you even look at him the wrong way, he's falling all over the ice like he's a fucking hot, or a soccer player. And that is... If he had a different, if he had an Alex Ovechkin attitude, if Alex Ovechkin, if, 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 yes, if he had Alex Ovechkin's attitude, he would be the Michael Jordan of this sport right now. Everybody would know his name. And I'm, I maintain the only reason, I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, and, and I, I totally agree. But and that goes, we've said all of this before and we were talking about it. It's the difference in play now compared to when Gretzky was making the numbers, you know. It's so much easier for Crosby to stand in front of that goaltender and bat it out of the air than it was when Gretzky had it and had to do deke like three players, then score a goal, then get out of the way before he got hit in the boards. Well, exactly, exactly. That's that's what that's it's just that's just the nature of the league that it, that, that it is nowadays. There's going to be no change in it. It's only going to get worse. It's just like a lot of other things in this in this world. Once they take it away from you, you're not going to get it back. Okay, not to get off on anything too political, but it's just like smoking bans. They're never going to give you your right to smoke indoors at a bar back once they take it away from you. It's gone forever. You yeah. might as well just kiss that goodbye. All right, that's that all there is to it. You've, and if you're still fighting that battle, I guess more power to you if it makes you feel good and it gives you a reason to wake up in the morning, but you're pissing into a fucking fan. That's what you're doing. And what happens? You end up covered in piss, and you didn't get a goddamn thing done in the end. But I still maintain, if Ovechkin was a North American-born player, born in Canada or in the continental United States, Ovechkin, and he'd been given the push that, that Crosby had, Ovechkin would be, he would be hated for the right reasons. Like, I hated Joe Sackick. Back in the day, I hated Joe Sackick, but I could never disrespect Joe Sackick. I had respect for him. He is an amazing player. As, ask 90% of Colorado Avalanche fans who are fans from back in the day with the Red Wings Avalanche rivalry, and they'll tell you the same thing about Iserman. We hated Iserman, 
but you can't take you can't take away that he's a great fucking player. You can't do it. If you do, you're being intellectually dishonest. You're being a homer to the point where your opinion no longer matters because you can't be objective about or subjective about the situation and see there's more sides than just your side. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Give me, a, give me a second. Let me see if I can find that one goal I was telling you about. The, uh, uh, yeah, here we go. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Give you a little setup. I was wrong. It wasn't. He wasn't from Philly. He was from Ottawa. That's how quick that was on ESPN. They didn't even give me a chance to. They just showed it, and I was like, oh, shit. But here, check this goal out real quick. Or, excuse me, Florida, Ottawa. Jonathan Marshall. I got this guy. He's on my team. Hey, Internet. Get your shit together. All right, here we go. 27-14. Here's Demers. Has a look. Shot was oh, that's, away. Wait a minute, that's not it either. Score! Jonathan Marshall! His ninth of the Oh, the one I saw, he was diving at it. Maybe it was for Florida. Either way, we can edit that out. I was just hoping to find that other goal to actually give another player besides Crosby some fucking love. But this man cannot be in that conversation. Apparently, uh, the Google gods are not with me today. Oh, see the replay. See what he did. See at the top of your screen, had just backed off from the action, and the puck comes. Oh, he did exactly what Crosby did. It was just lower. But it was bouncing. You know what? Oh no, he caught it up off of a bounce off of the ice. Bink. Yeah. Look at that. Okay, and is this the grow one? This might be it. Would my internet just oh don't tell me. <coughs> yeah, that's it. Claude Giroux. They all sound the same. <laughs> Just the audio version. What a week and a half it's been for the Philadelphia Flyers. It's funny. There was a uh, old skit. I can't remember the radio show. Um, it was when I lived close to Canada and New York. They had a hockey announcer school. And they, uh, yeah, yeah, he's in midair when he does the sl- when he finishes a slap shot yeah. on that one timer. His whole body. He is. He is. Perpendicular with the ice. There's And he makes that shot. Yeah. He's definitely on his way to eating some shit. But once again, get that like the Bobby Orr type goal with Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr scored, and then I'm. There's a little debate whether he jumped to avoid a guy or was tripped after he scored the goal, but. Yeah, that was it, the the famous shot of him is <laughs> him flying <laughs> right past the goalie after the the goal's been scored. <laughs> Which, if I'm Bobby Orr's grandkids, I'm like, thanks, Granddad. That just put us through college. That one picture right there, posterized. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking nothing away from Bobby Orr as a player. He, he revolutionized the game as a you know offensive defenseman who would join the rush and pinch in and and. and was as dangerous as any winger, but I mean, still, that is even people that don't watch hockey know that shot. It's like people that don't know anything about World War II. If you show them the the flag raising, they'll know what the fuck. 
Oh, that's from World War II. They couldn't tell you anything else about it. But they know exactly, oh, that's from World War II. If you show that to somebody, go, what sport is that? Unless they've been raised in the boonies somewhere, they're going to go, oh, that's hockey. They might, they might even know his name. Uh, what is it? Uh, Bobby Hall? No, well, yeah, you're half right. Or. <laughs> right, but I mean, that goes to stay on my point, though, Rich. I mean, there's great goals that have been scored. But back in those days, like I just said, he had to do all of that work and then get out of the way before he got hit. You know, oh, Crosby's just standing in front of the goal going, oh, look, a puck, go in the net. All right, I'm the shit. Look at me. Well, dude, that's just, that's just how the game is played now. I mean, it's, it, yes, it's video games, but, I, you know, the new hockey games, you can set it up to where you could play like it was NHL 96 where you're checking everything in sight, or you can set it up to where the, they call it just like a real hockey game. And if that's the case, you better not touch a guy unless he has possession of the puck. Because if you do, it's interference. You better not ride a guy into the boards, or else you're getting a major for, for boarding. I mean, it, just like in real hockey. And it's just as frustrating to play. <laughs> as, as frustrating as it is to watch, is that's frustrating to play. So... It's the way the sports evolve, man. There's not much, not much we can do about it. So, do we want, do we want to talk about the uh, the uh, the video you sent, Chris? Oh, Jigga, can I say that as a white guy? Am I allowed to? Starts Isn't it just starts with a J, right? No, I know, but okay. Honestly, isn't that just like oh, uh, like the whole is a thing wasn't that just a way a fancy way of saying J back in the day i mean that that wasn't like a mixture of J and the n bomb was it um maybe i'm not I sure know. i don't know we're in a new world I, uh, who the fuck knows oh i know it back in the day carson daly said it all the time and no one blinked an eye but that doesn't mean shit because what ain't that like j- getting jiggy with it though that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just... Remember when Snoop was well, Izzle, Shizzle, Dizzle, and yeah, my white, Nizzle? White people are allowed to say, like, Izzle and shit, right? Well, just like most things in hip-hop culture, oh. once, once, once middle-aged white men started saying it, they stopped. So, Well, yeah, because well, you're mainstream. You gotta, believe, you gotta believe what Rich says, you know, is it is freedom of speech absolute? Well, I mean, it be. is, but there's yeah. consequences that come yeah. with it. Not anymore. But the, the but. consequences have been drastically blown out of proportion to the... Well, then it's that the, speech. Can you say it? Yes. <laughs> now we're into... Should you say it? Probably not. No, no, no. no. Is, is, if freedom of speech is absolute, then there is no dire consequences that come with it. If there are, then you're not free to say it. For example, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Oh, this true, true. Okay, think so you, think you got to pick your spots. Maybe, well, anyways. But, okay, so J- Sean Carter, Jay Z, uh, supposedly. Uh, inter- Mrs. Mrs. Mr. Knowles. Yes, Mr. Knowles. Which that's crazy. Is is rich as powerful as that guy is? His wife. <laughs> even just as or maybe more like the fact that you can fucking emasculate him by calling him Mr. Knowles even with all the power and money that guy has that's kind of crazy to me when you think about it but he introduced uh, LeBron at the SI Awards and apparently took a shot at Phil Jackson 
Now, I wonder if this is just because he is a fellow NBA owner, and maybe Phil Jackson told him to go fuck off when he asked him to come coach the Nets. Maybe it's come up, maybe it hasn't. I don't know, but let's, let's take a listen. Family man who married his childhood sweetheart, Savannah, has three lovely children. The son who honors and worships his mother, Gloria. The friend who put his posse in position. I know. We know where we come from. We do understand where we come from, and the only difference between us and someone who has their MBA from Wharton or Sloan or Berkeley or Stanford is opportunity. LeBron James has provided his friends with that opportunity, and as we witness their development, and if we're looking up at the scoreboard, very few, very few businessmen are better than Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, Randy Mims, and all the rest of the posse behind the scenes that make it look like they're just hanging out. All right, so some passive-aggressive shots from Jay-Z there, which, I mean, I give him some credit on the decorum. Like, he got him in the right way, if that makes any sense. Is, is there a right way? I don't know. Here we go. What do you guys think? No, 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 no. There, there's no right way to get in a good shot about this type of thing. Uh, no, no, there's no good way. This is, this is silly. This is uh, borderline stupidity. Um, I, I can't, I can't. One of the, the, another one of those things where I can't get to. I can't see the path. I, I yeah, Jay Z. I know where I come from, and I know who I am too. And I loved singing my posse's on Broadway. And I hated the movie Posse. So, I mean, get offended if you want by the word. Uh, if you are, if you're offended by the word Posse, your parents have failed to raise you right. Period. That's all I got. Hey, your parents have failed to teach you context. But, I mean, do you think he's doing it to take a shot at Phil Jackson? Do you think he's just doing it to, because uh, it's a hot button issue right now? He's just no, going to be relevant? Just, or? No. No, he's 100% taking a shot at Phil Jackson. He, he justified taking a shot at Phil Jackson because, quote, I know, we know where we come from and, we, and, and stuff like that. It, you're trying to make this a bigger issue by doing something like that, by saying something like that, and that just shows your character, period, end of file. If, you, if you're going to blow something like that up that big and try to make it that big of an issue... Your character is called into question by me. It, it, I'm nobody, so it doesn't matter. But that is just horrendously stupid. I, I mean, I can't. I, there's nothing I can disagree with that about. To me, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. This is, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the internet. I don't know if it's media I don't know if it's because it pisses people off enough to, to do to where people are going to do exactly what we're doing right now which is talk about it but people have decided that facts matter less than their feelings and however they feel is valid and no matter what facts you, you, you flash to them it, it, their, their feelings trump those facts the word posse in and of itself is not offensive just like the word Jew isn't offensive it's depending on the context of its use alright 
Do I can't I think, think of any context where the word posse is offensive. Okay. I can't. I, I let you rant. You gonna let me talk, or, or, do you just, or do we just need to shut up and let you go off for five minutes? No, no, I no, no. I'm gonna do it. I'm asking you to tell me where you can make posse offensive. Okay, and I will address that when I'm done talking. Now, what I'm saying is, when you remove nuance and context from things, then then what is left to define those th- these words by? Your feelings, how this word makes me feel. Well, let me ask a question at that point. Why does that word bother you? Is it because an old white man who's out of touch with the vernacular and the slang these days used it? I don't think so. I don't think it'd be any different than if he said something like, or I don't think it's any different than if, if Phil Hart, if Phil Hartman, Phil Jackson said, <laughs> right? Uh, if Phil Jackson said, you know, oh, that was stupid fresh. Okay, is he calling? What is he calling someone stupid? No. Okay, he's using he's using language that hasn't been used since the late '80s, and if it has, it's been used ironically. And for as cool as Phil Jackson might be, I doubt he's that cool in his what '70s that he's trying to ironically use the word posse. I think he just thinks it's a word for your friends. Yeah, and I can't to answer your question, Earl. Since that is the all fire thing up your ass about this thing, I can't answer why it's offensive to LeBron because I'm not LeBron. And I haven't heard a reason why it's offensive from him besides I'm offended, which is once again the, another way of saying my feelings are hurt. Fuck your facts. Fuck logic and reason. My feelings. That's all there is to it. You might as well ask him. No, no, Rich, I get it, and I I totally appreciate your point about context. I do. However, the word Jew, I can I can use that in a in a negative light. You Jewed me out of my my do. You you know, I can do that. I can't do that with posse. I can't. I can't use it as a verb or a noun or any other form of speech where that's offensive. And once again. I don't understand how it's offensive to LeBron. I don't. I mean, to anybody. Someone used an outdated term that was never offensive even when it was in style to use. Okay. It's not like he said a racial slur or he used or, you know, it's not like your old grandpa at Thanksgiving and Christmas who still refers to, to black people as colored. Okay. Or Negroes. It, posse was never an offensive term. It's people have de- people have decided it is, and why? Because of their feelings. And when you ask them, why why do you feel that way? My feelings. Okay, why do you feel that way? My feelings. And that's all to them that matters. Yeah. And when this is, and, 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 and I've said this many times on this show, and I've said it to people in, in my day to day life. Sports is a microcosm of the world. That watches it and for a long time so far now it's starting not to but a lot of this nonsense has been kept off the this 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 politically correct my feelings trump your facts has been kept off the fields off of the, the hardwood floors off the baseball diamonds off of the ice rings whatever whatever it's not happening anymore 
Okay, now you have MLB saying you can't have smokeless tobacco on the field. Now you have the NFL saying we're going to fine players if we hear them use a racial epithet towards each other. Okay, and I, we, we, we all know, everyone who's listening is a sports fan. We all know what racial epithet they're talking about. And in the context it's used between two teammates is different than the context that someone in the clan uses it against a random black person walking down the street. Or, we're in the context is dead. Context died, I think, about five years ago. And it's, I think, Rich, and I think it's, you said until recently, it's, it's a pet issue of mine. I don't care. But it's because of millennials, man. The millennials, have, they've now crept into the sports world. I mean, they're that age where they are becoming the professional athletes or are the professional athletes. And this, this is the world we're getting ever. But we have been, like, we have been divided like a motherfucker for the last couple of years. Anyone wonder when this conquer part's going to kick in? Because I'm starting to, but we're, we're just not a sports. I, I just, once again, I, I appreciate your guys' view, and I, I'm 100% behind you. I just, the only thing I can't get to, and, and it was a shot by Jay-Z, and he emphasizes the word posse, but I don't, I can't. That's my problem. I just need somebody to use posse in a sentence that makes it a bad word. My posse's going to come and kill you. Yeah, but that's your there friends. You that's your boys. The the act of killing me is what's hey, what's kind of offensive. You wanted it, to be offended. That's no, no, no. no. I could come up with. Who, who's coming to kill me? It didn't matter. Your posse, you, your mom. It doesn't matter. The fact that I was going to be killed was. But when I say you jewed me out of fifty cents, you get offended by the word juke, by the verb of being jewed. Okay? So I, I just I can't I, I mean, can't get that. It's like going, I'm offended. Rich called me his friend. I thought I was his brother, but I'm his friend. That's it. I'm a friend. You could say friend. That's it. I can't get best friend. There was a I'm show offended. that there was a show that ran on HBO from 2004 to 2011 called Entourage. <laughs> right. And everyone in that show. Right. Okay. Everyone in that show. By the end of that show, at least, and at various to at various times and to various degrees of success in that show that wasn't the actor who the entourage was built around was or became a successful business person on their own now if he had used the word him and his entourage I think I'm willing to bet he'd have been just as offended and said it's a backhanded racial slur as he did with the whole posse thing because he's looking to be offended he's okay instead of just going fuck what that old man said he doesn't know what he's talking about because he can't talk that way if you're LeBron James when the cameras are on you he has to come up with some reason to attack him besides he's an idiot who doesn't know what he's talking about so Phil Jackson should have just said hey we're not holding up the bus for you we gotta go okay that's it because he mentioned the word posse and he's gonna hang out with his posse and now everybody's gotta be offended because he just didn't stop it. But do you understand? Do you understand not- what? Do you understand what has happened? What has happened is exactly what LeBron James wanted to happen. Yeah, and how come okay. this is all of a sudden an issue? Le- he hasn't played for Phil Jackson for years. LeBron James was criticized by Phil Jackson, and here we are sitting here talking about what, what Phil Jackson 
a word Phil Jackson used and his intent with the word that he used instead of the actual criticism of LeBron James, which may or may not be legit, but we've totally overlooked that because it's been a perfect deflection of bullshit. Okay, he, now, he, now we'll he, he, he aikidoed, he, 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 whoa, 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 some bullshit off to the side and, and, and deflected it back on Phil Jackson. He pulled off the adult version of, I know you are, but what am I? I get it, I get it. And every time you sit here and allow this to upset you that much, you're feeling no, it. I'm not, because I'm about to bust out laughing, because this is going into the realm of Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie? Oh, no. I thought you were talking about the baseball player. Oh, Kung Fu Panda. It's a cartoon movie. It's about a panda who becomes a great ninja warrior. And the little master koala bear-looking thing trained a big albino Bengal tiger-looking guy who was supposed to be the shit, but there was evil in him, so he couldn't be the ninja warrior. And he comes back, and he wants to claim his right, but there's already the ninja warrior, which is the panda. And he beats the shit out of the master. And, Tell me how proud you are, Shifu. And beats the shit out of him. And ends up losing to the fucking panda, Ninja Warrior. So, I guess that's LeBron. He comes back and, Tell me how proud you are, Phil. You've coached Michael Jordan. You, you've coached Kobe Bryant. The best players in the NBA in the past 50 fucking years. And I'm not one of them. There was... There was darkness in you, LeBron. I'm sorry. See, here's here's Bossy. <laughs> here's the thing. What LeBron is saying with this entire thing, this whole posse thing, and everyone who jumps on the bandwagon of being offended for him is saying is you can't criticize LeBron. That's what this boils down to. LeBron cannot be criticized, no matter what. And I can't criticize LeBron. But you but can't, he can't criticize he can't come out and say that because that makes him look petty. So instead, he attacks an arbitrary word out of the statement that Phil Jackson made. And once again, ESPN, who is pushing an agenda, this oh, falls right in their wheelhouse. And you and listen, LeBron James has a publicist. LeBron James has someone telling him how to spin shit to get the criticism off him and put it onto Phil Jackson. No, I understand. But I can't criticize him. You can't criticize Chris. Can't criticize him because we don't have a dog in the fight. We've never been in the NBA. We don't have that talent. We we're not even close to to even getting to the court side. However, LeBron James. LeBron James. That being said, you're talking about Phil Jackson, a man with as many rings as Jordan, as many rings as Kobe, and more of rings than both of them combined. There is as many rings as both of them combined because he coached them. He is by far the greatest coach in the past half a century. Yeah, I mean, like he should be like putting all of his rings on one middle finger and flipping them up at LeBron. Like, no, I'm off? just saying with the, with that background and that resume, if Phil Jackson could say whatever the fuck he wants about LeBron, see, this is here or whatever. Okay, this is this is 2016, and this is the world that, for whatever reason has more it, 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 we live in and if you go back to 1996 in the playoffs the Blackhawks versus the, the the Colorado Avalanche Jeremy Roenick got tripped up on a breakaway and they didn't call a penalty shot and Jeremy Roenick when, when he was asked about it said 
It's a bullshit call. The ref missed the call. We could have tied the game. Or we, excuse me, we could have went ahead. We wouldn't have went to overtime, most likely, and we'd have won the series against the Avalanche. And then they went to Patrick Wan said, this is what Jeremy Roenick said. You know what Patrick Wan said? What Phil Jackson should have said in response to LeBron James. I can't hear him because both my ears are fucked up with my Stanley Stanley Cup championship rings. Yeah. But you can't say that these days. And as much as I hate Patrick Waugh, because Patrick Waugh is a piece of shit on and off the ice. Anytime something doesn't, I'm not going to get into it too deep. Anytime something doesn't go well, he's out. All you got to do is look at his track record in in Montreal. Look at his track record as a coach in, in Colorado. And speaks for itself. However, he was right to come back that way because that was it was it was bullshit. You're talking about what could have happened. Basically, it was what's the point? The point is the refs blew a call, not whether Jeremy Roenick would have scored on him. The point was he didn't even get the chance to make the attempt to make the play. Phil Jackson criticized LeBron James. LeBron James saw an opportunity to take the criticism off of him, put it on Phil Jackson, did so. And it's worked. The fact that we have talked about this for two different episodes, the fact that this is still in the four-letter network's wheelhouse, the fact that this is being brought up the other night at an ESPN award show by a fucking rapper who has nothing to do with fucking either of these people, yeah, it works. Yeah, but it's worked in reverse, too, because we're not talking about how bad and wrong Phil Jackson is. I'm calling out the character of Jay-Z for even mentioning it because of the reasons you just mentioned. And then some, the reasons I've mentioned. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but apparently you can't, you can't be friends with someone and say, hey, I'm friends with you. Or if someone asks you, hey, what, you know, what do you think about what you know, this person did who's your friend? Well, he's my friend, I support him, but he did this and this is fucked up and you know, he's going to have to fucking pay the price for it. He said something or he did something stupid. You can't say that anymore. If you're not constantly showing support for someone, if you're not constantly in someone's corner, you're a hater. That's what it is. That's, that's where sports journalism has lost its way. And it's like you said, you watch ESPN, you don't get talk about why this person is, is, you know, a, is screwing up by saying what they're saying or doing what they did on the field or off the field unless it fits into their agenda. I don't know. We did get, you know, Pac-Man Jones. Yeah, and, he, and one of his coaches come out and said he needs to shut the fuck up. And like I said before, we're talking about two no-matter no teams. Neither one of those teams matter. But it's funny as shit that he said it. No, it is. I think the, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for the NFL to come down on him for using the garbage can as a prop. <laughs> garbage. He's going to get a flag first play of the game, I guarantee it. Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. Dude, that was so hilarious. That made my fucking day when you sent that. <laughs> dude, I loved how he was looking in the garbage can. Dude, I loved everything about that, dude. <laughs> well, see, that's what I think a lot of people forget is that s- sports are is in- ultimately, at the <laughs> when you boil it down to its base ingredient, sports is entertainment, okay? That's what it is. And if it's not entertaining, then what the fuck are you doing? You might as well play in empty stadiums and have the most sterile environment ever. And I don't know why the NFL doesn't want their product to be as entertaining as it can be. Like, you know, I hear, oh, you know, the celebrations and it's how come they're cracking down because people don't like it. Who? Who are these people? I mean, 
it's not like he's doing a two-minute celebration like uh, what's-his-face, show-me-the-money Cuba Gooding Jr. did yeah, no, right. with Jerry Maguire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and I will, I will say this, pulling out a cell phone or a Sharpie out of your sock, okay, when you get All in right, the end zone, Dude, that's a little much. That shit All was right? cool. That shit was entertaining. It was entertaining, but it's a little much. Come on, dude. You you run around playing a game with, with props stashed on you like you're a fucking magician. Yeah, I know, right? Like, come on, man. I mean, you know, the Sharpie maybe, but a I mean, cell phone? I, I understand. On. I mean, I, I can get that. I get what you, where you're coming from. But still, still, it, I understand this is business. It's, it's not entertainment to these people, the owners and, and all this. It's business first, but when you when you when you take the fun out of the game, when you take the love of playing the game out of it with your nonsense and cracking down on everything, people don't want to watch it. That people don't want to watch it. There's a reason that football and baseball and hockey and basketball get better ratings than curling and golf and tennis. It's because you can't. Those sports are, well, I guess not curling so much. I guess you can get rowdy at curling. I don't know. Never really been to a curling event. But golf and tennis, oh, you got to shut up and you can't be, don't make any noise. And, and it, You know what? Fuck you. If you can't do your, if you're a professional athlete, you can't do your job of people cheering in the stand. Come on, dude. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. is that what Just... we're going to turn, we're going to turn football into to where you can't, if the other, if, if your team's on defense, you can't make any noise because, the team on offense, the visiting team, they might not be able to hear the audible. That's hey, part of the game. That's that's your home field advantage. I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, the clip for the audience just because I find it so fucking entertaining. He's looking in the trash can. Better find him somebody to play with. Next to his locker. Is it him saying basically he could garbage? <laughs> Garbage. Calls him out right at the end, too. I mean, he's being asked about Terrell Pryor the whole time, but right at the end, Terrell Pryor, garbage. <laughs> but I love how he's like, garbage, looking in the trash. Like, that's why, come on, man. Like, if you have a penis, that's one of the reasons you watch sport, for shit-talking like that. Am I wrong? Ex- Oh, no, uh, just ask the Iceman every week with the picks. <laughs> yeah. You right. think he actually won greenbacks the way he fucking... Hey, I'm proud when I win. Leave me alone. Hey, no, I do yeah, it too when I call games that you guys didn't. I'm like, hey, man, I iced that shit. You know? You know what? And I guess I'm Marshawn Lynch, then. I just ain't all about that talk. I just <laughs> know what I'm here for. You're rich. <laughs> yeah, you're rich. But at the same time, uh, when I interject real quick, uh, I'm placing a personal ban on Stephen A. Smith now. Why? He's probably the only no, entertaining was, thing left at that network, whether or not you no, agree with what he no. says. He's still entertaining. I was just watching First Take, and he tried to justify the posse comment and the Jay-Z comment, and I just, nah. That, there's your it's answer. Black. He's going to. I mean. Hold on. Hold, is that racist we, I said, said that? Oh, to somebody. But everything's racist to somebody. Um, what we said, what, what did we say earlier? You said, I don't know how he's still there. Because ultimately, he's. He is he is controversial within the bounds of the agenda that's being presented by ESPN. Oh, that's true. What what Stephen A. said and it, it, he's safely controversial. It I I guess I'm mad because it almost made sense. Um, 
he said, what Stephen A. Smith said was, he doesn't think the comment was racial, but it was definitely disrespectful. It was meant to be disrespectful to LeBron. And Phil Jackson has never said anything like that to a person that has brought him a championship, i.e. Michael Jordan and or Kobe or Shaq or anybody like that. But you made sure to say it about somebody who didn't. I was, that's one of Chris's ooh moments. <laughs> say probably ooh, ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're going to so, rip I someone mean, off. Let's rip them off right. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm saying it, it almost made sense, and I'm still like, fucking cry, baby, whatever. Well, see, I can, re- I can respect where he's coming from because if he's at least doing something that even we haven't done. He's diffusing the nonsense by calling it a racial, by saying it's racial in any way. He's just saying, he's basically saying, sit down, shut up. The big boys are talking right now. Yeah, it was disrespectful, and I see that. I see that it was, you know, all right, maybe, maybe. Garbage. I mean, but also that we could also go off for another hour on this whole. Better put respect on my name and all this Garbage. nonsense that comes with a lot of people in sports. Garbage. But it, it's just it, that's the nature of having a bunch of alpha males running around playing a children's game, getting paid millions of dollars to do so. I mean, they get an inflated sense of their own importance. Ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, what the fuck LeBron James does and what the fuck Phil Jackson does doesn't mean shit to ninety-nine percent of the fucking world. Yeah. So and we've just devoted a good half hour plus to it. <laughs> but this this is a show where we talk about sports. Now, if we're talking about important subjects in the world, this subject would never come up. Yeah, this would be in the radar. Exactly. But we uh, but we we say it right at the beginning of the show. Half-ass sports fans with their half-ass sports opinions. No one here is claiming to be an expert. No one here is claiming to fucking be, you know, some some overlooked person who who would have been a great coach or manager if we'd been given a shot we're just guys who have played sports to varying degrees over our life we've watched a lot of sports and we're fans and we like talking about sports Could that's argue, it the sports IQ has gone up a little bit since we've been doing this podcast but yes still not experts <laughs> correct now hang on I'm pretty no I'm just kidding I'm not yeah. an expert <laughs> We're who like is the, we're like some of those guys on sports talk radio that you gave a show to. Well, I played the game. And... No, I, I, no, I try not to fall back on that unless it's like something about how bad I played the game. I still think we need to have a bit where we have a caller who comes in and does all of the tropes of every caller ever. But <laughs> I'm gonna hang the, up and is, listen. Who is the? I'm having a brain fart moment here. Who is the scrawny, nerdy, four-eyed? balding guy on ESPN who's like the NFL expert. Uh, t- is it Tim something? No, uh, not Hasselbeck. No, 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 no. I know you're talking about he's only bald in the middle. Uh, real skinny guy. Small. He's SM all small. I mean, he's like, shit. Hasselbeck? Anyway. No. He never played. You can take one look at him and know he never played. Hold on. Right, typed in ESPN skinny guy football. What would he be? He wouldn't be a host. He wouldn't be uh, a journalist. David Pollock? Talk about the guy in game day with the glasses. He's balding. No, the minute, the minute, 
minute I say who it is, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Mel Kuyper. Uh, He's an NFL analyst. I can't think of his name. Not Adam Sheffer. Yeah, he is. That's what I'm saying. He's like their go-to guy. Um, oh, this, is, this is fucking killing me now. That guy? Yeah, the one on the right. It says his name is David Pollock. No, that's not him. Oh, Christ. Oh. This is going to eat at me because I know the minute we start talking about something else, it's going to come right to me. He's the one who did the sports-centered thing where he... He after he got done, he 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 put on a Slayer shirt, the the Sports Center commercial. Oh, the old old white guy. Uh, yes. Hold on, John Clayton. Yeah, I just found him. Yeah. Yeah. John Clayton is the football expert at ESPN, and that motherfucker looks so frail. I I don't believe he could even play a punter for a pee wee football team at his at his most. In shape, you know what I'm saying? So just be careful with the whole, you know, we're not experts because we never played the sport because, yeah, dude, look, look at homeboy. Seriously. His head, his, his head looks like a half-sucked milk dud. I mean, come on. <laughs> Nerd! Seriously, he, you, know who he, you know what he looks like when I really look at him? He looks like uh, the thing from Total Recall that lived in the guy's stomach. Jesus, man. He has a family. He's got children, possibly a wife, maybe a husband. He's got he's got money, whatever. But yeah, doesn't he doesn't he like he's like Quaid. Quaid. I can just picture him saying that shit. Looks like a chud. That's true. He's like, hey, whatever guys on local sports podcast. Yeah. Good luck with that. I'll see you on Sunday. On your TV. He's like, I could I could I could do Sports Center at three forty five AM on a Wednesday morning. And have more listeners and viewers than all of yours combined. <laughs> I made more last year than you've made your entire life. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, shit. All right, so so have we pretty much ex- just exhausted ourselves with the, the non-football sports? Have on my end anything. I, uh, we talked about the Heisman. We talked about uh, LeBron. Um, we talked a little bit of hockey. Uh, we we touched on the hazing and the no hazing in baseball. No, what about what about the uh, trades in baseball? Holy shit! Uh, I'm not up on those, so go ahead and give it to us if you know them. Well, I know one. Uh, Chicago lost their closer. Was that a trade or a signing? They, uh, I think they traded him. He went back to uh, New York Yankees. Yeah, Ch- uh, Chapman. Yeah. Yes, it's true. 100, true. 103 miles per hour. Yeah. Just ridiculous fucking fast thrower. Yeah. I think he's actually been clocked as high as 105, but I think everybody in the stadium will admit that clock was fucking, or that that gun was uh, that gun was hot as fuck. But still, no doubt he, the, the man throws some heat. Uh, what was the terms of his deal? Five years, $85 million. For a closer. Yeah. For a left-handed closer. That is way more money than... I thought he was right-handed. I think he's right-handed. Used to play for the uh, Cincinnati? I don't think so. I think he was just 
He was in New York, went to Chicago, and went back to New York. It's so hard to find just, like, news on the big trades, because you look up transactions, and you get, like, every goddamn transaction. I don't care who you named as your quality control coach, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, all right? (laughs) Looking for the big news. Uh, yeah. Uh, so did something else happen over the last week as far as the trades? Chapman goes to the Yankees. Yeah, Chapman's a lefty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they. He's. It, it's. Uh, yeah. No, that, that wasn't a trade. It wasn't a trade, dude. It was a free agent signing. That's what I said. That's just way too fucking much for a closer and a left-handed closer on top of it. Not him, though. Well, we'll see. I mean, I mean, he he's close to Mariano. Serious. Like the best closer in the game, like I think he is right now. No, but like Mariano is like unanimously like the best closer ever. Like, do you think he's you think he's that status? Well, not yet, but I think he's heading that way. I mean, if he stays healthy and his arm stays up the way it is, closers, man, that's uh, that's those guys. Okay, guys that come in and throw heat. There was an interview a couple of years ago with uh, Joel Zamaya, and they were talking about how Verlander. Oh, I remember him. They were talking about how, yeah, Mister, yeah, he hit 103 a couple times on the gun. But uh, they were talking to him. This was when Verlander was having his velocity had dropped, and he said, "You know, what do you think one of the reasons are?" And he goes, "Guys who come out and, and throw f- just fire like that, your arm can only take so much of that." That's how come you have to develop secondary pitches. You cannot count on overpowering guys with a just fucking monster fastball for an entire career. Unless you want your career to be five, six years, you can do that. Well, Zamaya lasted, what, maybe maybe four or five? Like, in general, I'm not talking about the Tigers. Like, that, because that's what happened with that, him. He was throwing too hard. and he, he actually broke his arm he threw too hard one time from, from the... Yes. Mouth. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, he fucked himself up, so... And then, of course, he fucked himself up playing Guitar Hero. And then there was another incident uh, the next season where he hurt himself supposedly moving boxes, but I think that it turned out to be an ATV accident. uh, Over the summer, uh, I was reading uh, some stories. Remember we were talking about they were commemorating uh, that uh, it was the 10-year anniversary of the 2006 Tiger season. I was reading a story. uh, Someone caught up with him. He's sticking to those stories. Like he did not, like he didn't be like, "Hey, real talk." Ten years later, here's what one th- he is sticking to. I was helping my folks move, and I was playing Guitar Hero. Well, the Guitar Hero one, I believe, because nothing, no one would be that stupid to make that up. I, <laughs> yeah, mean, you no, right. can, I mean, let's be honest here. You can get carpal tunnel from playing guitar, and there's a lot more verse. You you use a lot different movements playing guitar than you do Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero, you're just pressing buttons with one hand and moving the thing up and down with the other. So it's way more repetitive in the same movement over and over and over. Well, zoom Zoom that not jerking sh- it enough? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Strict but, masturbation regimen. That could have been all been avoided. But the other one, the whole, I hurt, I hurt my arm moving, helping someone move. I, I mean, you're asking me to dust off cobwebs from you know almost 10 years ago. I'm pretty sure there was like evidence to the contrary that he did not do that helping someone move because the Tigers pretty much almost gave up on him after that one. He had one more shot with them and then that was it. Then he got shipped to Minnesota and never 
pitched an inning, and then that was it. Yeah. No, I, I think one of the interesting Fisherman things in the Bay Area of, or San Diego or something like that. Um, the baseball off season is for a minute the Tigers were getting ready to have a fire sale, and now it seems like they're not. They're kind of in a holding pattern. Yeah, Verlander was pricing out houses in L.A. and shit. Yeah, figuring he was going uh, to the Dodgers. Uh, even had Miggy, you had uh, Miguel Cabrera saying, you know, yeah, I'm preparing myself for wherever I get traded. I mean, looking at houses in Kansas City. Yeah. Well, one of the things was apparently the rumors was, and hey, it's not over with. It could still happen. There's been, there's been, you know, later in the year trades that were blockbuster trades, just like the one that brought Miguel Cabrera to Detroit. But who doesn't have a DH anymore like they used to? Boston Red Sox and. Yeah, that's true. that's true. There's an opening there after the last season. And there's Cabrera's well, one of the players that I'm sure Boston would be more than happy to pay mo- good money to as long as he can hit and stay healthy because that means he can play 162 games. And also, they, he's not David Ortiz. If they need him to, they can put put him at first when they play interleague games. He could play. And he's not he, that much of a defensive liability. He get his he get his he get his ring and he could retire. If he goes to Boston, I mean that'd be a good move. Speaking, if you're Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, because speaking of Boston, they you got just your old got Boston, Cristiano. Dave Dombrowski. You got your yeah, you got your old teammate uh, uh, Nick Porcello. Yeah, be like old times. Hey, we're getting the band back together. No, what were you gonna say, Earl? Yeah, but they got uh, they just added Chris Sale. Boston Red Sox did. Yeah, but he's a pitcher. <laughs> we're all like, yay. Great. <laughs> I know. I'm saying though, it's he's out of our know, division. R- the Red Sox are, are beefing back up. You know, rebuilding. Well, that's the thing. The Red Sox rebuilding is like the Red Wings rebuilding yeah, no, has right. been. It, they have down years, but they are never really truly bottom feeders for a long stretch of, of time anymore. Um, obviously, the team ownership will not let that happen anytime soon. I'm sure it'll happen eventually on a long enough timeline in you know in franchise history. And you get again, Dombrowski a couple more years there, man. I, I, calm it, Iceman jumped the gun on you. You give Dombrowski a couple more years, I think you got a dynasty brewing up there in Boston. Like, oh, well, I mean, don't I don't sleep on Theo out there in Chicago. That's man. true. He killed the Bambino and he killed the and he was the Goat Slayer. I mean, that's boy wonder right there. I mean, that is seriously boy wonder. And Dabrowski, outside of a team that basically he was given a blank check to win with, and I'm not talking about the Tigers because they never won a World Series under him as a GM. I'm talking about the Marlins. Hasn't won anything. Yeah, they made it to the dance twice under his under his uh, rule. He built some strong teams, though. That's That's what I'm getting at. Like, I think I think I think the thing is he can never get a bullpen together for whatever reason here in Detroit, and I just I don't think the Red Sox he's going to make that mistake again with them. I think he's learned his lesson. I think he he also he likes a he likes a power style lineup, and Fenway Park is a lot smaller than Comerica. You can pack if if the Tigers played at half their home games at Fenway, they probably would have won a World Series by now. Because those offensive numbers would have jumped for a lot of those guys. And especially when you had the pitching we had there for a little bit. I mean, you got to think, at one point, we were running out 
Justin Verlander, Doug Fister, uh, Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello. Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello. Man, and we didn't win. <laughs> like, and, and our fuck? number five, our number five starter was uh, uh, Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And this, and that was when he was good. A number five starter that could have been anybody's number two or three at that point. Yeah. Just we had no bullpen. And on top of that, when you have power guys like we've tended to have, when you have guys like Prince Fielder, Miggy, V-Mart, those guys are just fucking lumbering, just big motherfuckers on the base path. They're Max. not going to, yeah, they're not going to, they're not going to stretch a single into a double. They're not going to, you know, be on first and, you know, stretch a double or, or a single and, and come home on that. They, they'll be lucky to make it to third base. Pudge. <laughs> you know, I mean, Sean Casey played out of his mind for the Tigers when they traded for him at the trade deadline in 2006. Sean Casey was the slowest white man I've ever seen on the base paths ever. Like, I'm not joking. At that point in my life, I think Sean Casey, with his average speed to first, I could I could match it with my giving it a hundred percent to first. Like I'm not even joking. He was that slow. Everybody goofed on him for it. That's what he was known for. That and being the mayor down at first base. Because anytime you got into first with Casey on there, he'd talk your ear off, try to get your mind off the game, and, and, and get you to make a, a mental mistake. But I, 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 I'm I'm kind of not really paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on in the off season in baseball at the moment. Because to be honest with you, we do this show, and I really want to <laughs> really want to focus on the NFL through the playoffs, and then you got hockey, and then God forbid it after the NFL is done, I'm going to have to really start paying attention to the NBA, and that's really going to suck. <laughs> yeah, we're we're just hey, if you love hockey, we're a few shorts away or a few short weeks away. It's going to be pretty hockey centric for a couple months. And we're definitely going to be talking about baseball off-season shit. Yeah, so the winter meetings just happened. That's a, that's pretty much what you got going on with baseball. But I mean, that's we're nearing the two-hour mark. I mean, do we do we do it now? Do we, do we unleash the hounds? Yeah. Talk about take, the take chains off the dogs. Yeah. Fucking oh, we week fourteen, huh? Oh huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I gotta say. But from a fantasy perspective, yeah, thanks a lot. Maybe, maybe next year for the playoffs, I get to play in the fucking losers bracket. The person with the same record made it in, but it went to points and they scored more points than me. But yeah, so week fourteen. I mean, well, Iceman, oh. you want to start with the home team? Uh, we could, we could, uh, but there was a lot of what the fuckings this week. I knew there was going to be. I told you there was going to be. It's getting down to the wire. People are fighting, pushing, scratching. Uh, a lot of just mind blowing what the fuckings like. Where'd that cheap shot come from in Denver? Seriously, did you guys see that? Uh, no. Let's look that up here. Our friend Google. Oh. Oh, you need to look that up, because Akeem Tlaib was furious. Uh-huh. I mean, everybody was. Everybody. Oh, yeah. It was a cheap shot. Ooh, there was a fight. According Good to time. things I'm seeing here when I... Look at that. 
My search for Denver Cheap Shot 12, 11, 16. That's what I went with here. Uh, all right. It's loading. Fun part of the internet. Getting it from uh, NFL.com. PA Yahoo Sports. I guess I should wait for Rich to come back. But uh, well, you, you should watch that because there was a couple of them. Ooh. But uh, well, while we're on it, I told you, man. Titans. Don't sleep on them. You think they're panicking in Denver? Especially with what happened on Thursday? Oh, I, I think they're definitely going to panic. They're going, uh-oh, the sheriff ain't here. Oh, definitely panic. Oh, let's Defense check out this cheap shot. Into it. Harris on the sideline. Tennessee facing a third and two. Kayvon Webster in. From the pistol. Murray plows for the first down. Out near the 35. Good block from Lawan for Tennessee. And some activity uh. along the sideline. This is spilled over. They're going after Harry Douglas. Oh. Oh, yeah. You don't see this too often in football. No, Bench you clearing. Don't. Yeah, pretty much. Ooh. Uh, Keith Tlaib uh, started it uh, along with Douglas there. Uh, hands down, it was just an absolute no call for cheap shot. I, I personally don't like Denver, and I kind of hate uh, Tennessee, but at the same time, uh, there's no call for. There's no place for that in this game. It, there's got to be fines for that shot. It was terrible. I'm trying to see. Come on, instant replay. You guys fucking love instant replay in this league. Let's go. Yeah, fight's over. Come on. Go, tech director. Let's get a replay in here. They are steaming on both sidelines. But give credit to the Broncos. You didn't see the cheap shot? Nobody came off the bench. I've only seen it in real time. I'm try I like I like seeing the replay. I like seeing the break. Here we go. So Talib and Douglas. So what? He tripped over Douglas? To, who took the shot first? Defense. The Titan player. I think that's what I... I, don't, I can't... So far as what I've been able to discern... Like, the replay I just see is just, it looks like he trips over him, and then it's a fight. Come on, camera guy. Lost his helmet. No, no, no. You're, you're looking at the play after. You're looking at the fight. On the initial hit, Akeem Tlaib took off his helmet. So this was the reaction originally from Tlaib. The fight was the play after. The very next play, Tlaib made sure that he got a piece of Harry Douglas. Oh, come on. And the penalty against Denver. Tlaib is now on the Denver sideline. Here the goddamn it's replay. Harris does return for Denver. This video has told me nothing and wasted our time and bandwidth. Here. The, yeah. Send me what you got. Go back to the uh, hit by Harry Douglas. He goes oh, right. Now, as soon as I fucking close it, assholes. All right. Go right around 340 in that video. You'll see it a very slow replay, and you'll understand why that fight ensued. This, there was no call. The Skip and Shannon video? Mm. Yeah, but just look at the video, though. 340? Yeah, around 340 in that video. It plays it over and over and over again. 
Chris Harris Jr. Now you would think Chris Harris Jr. If Derrick Henry was coming that way, oh yeah, he dove at his knee, man. Yeah, yeah, and hurt bad. He had his knee planted. Look at number twenty-five had his knee planted. Ooh, when tennis, yeah, when Tennessee went in there, that that's there's no call for that. That's just flagrant. I'm going to take you out of the game. Okay, but do you want to? All right, so I want to keep saying Taleb Kweli. <laughs> Fucking uh, <laughs> Akeem Taleb. Yeah, he just got a little. Are we talking about, are we talking about Black Star or most deaf? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> so there's a little street justice on the field, is what you're saying. Now, is there any uh, fines it, from anybody for anything? I haven't heard of any, but there's got to be. I mean, there has to be. Look at that. That you can't. Wh- where's the justification? There, there's no plane near him. There's no ball near him. There, there's nothing going on. Not a thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, if that's malicious, I'd say pretty much. A hundred percent. Like I said, I have no dog in, in this fight at all. I could care less about Denver, and I really don't like Tennessee. So I, I could hit him again. However, that being said, that's just as malicious as it gets. That's intentional as it possibly can be. If he went over to the sideline, put Harris's knee on the bench, and hit it with a hammer, it wouldn't be more intentional than what he did on the field right there. He waited for his knee, his foot to be planted, went right at the knee for no reason at all. Wasn't blocking, wasn't stopping him from running with the ball. There is no reason, none, for that hit other than to hurt that man. And I, that's not what the game's about. I don't care what team you're on. I'm trying to see if there's anybody who's been talked about it. Has, fuck, has the Fuhrer weighed in on this yet? Uh, again, I have no idea. I'm sure they they have to do their politically correct bullshit to get this done right, but uh, there's got to be fines, maybe a suspension, perhaps. Well, nothing I mean, is Chris, coming for... Nothing's coming... It's all coming up for, like, September. <laughs> there's a case I mean, to lead promises to beat up Titans receiver over block... Well, I'm saying, look at that hit and tell me that that's not as intentional as it gets. Douglas hit on Harris was legal but dirty. It was not legal. Wow, there's virtually nothing on the internet about fines about this or any any kind of discipline. Wow. That is blatantly hitting a man with the tent to injure for no fucking reason. None. Where's, where's, dude, where's fucking Goodell on this, man? Like I said, he's got to take his political correct path and do it right. Fuck it. I mean, they're still raking Ezekiel Elliott over the coals. We're nothing on this. But now we're back into having to toe the political line and all that fun shit. So, whatever. All right. First of all, uh, dude, I get that you're on some sort of like crusade, like trust me, Spartacus. But not everything is politically correct. Okay, you're just you're you're attributing way too much to that. A, a hit that, that that someone should be fined for, they should be fined for. What, what what's political about that hit whatsoever? Nothing. Nothing. Not the hit. He asked, "Where's Goodell?" I said, "Goodell has to take his co- political correct path and do it right because he's been no, but there's nothing. We're, done wrong. we're on what Tuesday I'm is, morning. There's nothing coming out from anyone talking about discipline or fines." Yeah, that's not politically correct. That's him turning a blind eye towards a hit that could have ended a guy's career. Well, and, and then again, I'm, I might be wrong. He might not do anything. Uh, if Chris found out that it's, it's an actual legal hit but dirty, 
then nothing can be done. However, I don't think it's legal, and I think it's definitely dirty. Well, Keep Tlaib's going to settle it anyways. He's going to beat him up. Well, I mean, I, I, if I was him, I wouldn't play the next time Denver is in town. I'm just saying. But that being said, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah, but Tlaib, Tlaib's family, they got a habit of shooting people, so... <laughs> I'm saying I wouldn't. I'd just stay my ass at home the next time they play Denver. That's, That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, it's gonna get a like, last Boy Scout up in here. If if, uh, like if a quarterback if a quarterback in football, <coughs> excuse me, throws a pass and it's tipped or batted by a defensive lineman and it hits the ground, what is that called? A complete pass. Okay, so if a kicker kicks a field goal. And it's past like, the line of scrimmage, right? Well, if it yeah, no, no. line of scrimmage, it's intentional grounding. No, if if there was intent to get past the line of scrimmage and it's still swatted before it hits the line of scrimmage, still an incomplete pass, swatted down by defense. Well, correct. Okay, so why is it when a kicker kicks a ball, makes contact with the ball, the ball goes up in the air, it is swatted down by the defense, and it hits the ground? Why is that not the end of the play? Because uh, of the rules, I guess we better call John Clayton. Yeah, because it's deemed a live ball. Where's Mike Pereira? Can we get him on the blower? Does he got Skype ID. <laughs> I mean, really, that's all I got for you, Ice Man. Because hey, that's the rule. Because it's still a live ball until they jump in and change it. It's how it. I've had just about enough of jumping over the center and blocking a field goal. I'm I'm almost to the point I've had enough of that shit. It's defense, son. They say they do drills every week to prepare for that shit. That's what they're supposed to do. That's the yeah, object of defense when you're when you're playing against a kick, isn't it? Yeah, and doesn't that speak to the special teams coaching and athleticism of the athletes these days that they can actually do that? There's no special team coach and no practice where somebody leaps over a fucking center and bats down a kick. I promise you. They don't say, hey, hurdle on three, ready, break. That doesn't happen. So you're telling me when Troy Palomalo used to do that shit all the time, that once they saw that he could do that, they didn't game plan around that and say, hey, Troy, go in there and do your, work, work your shit at the line of scrimmage. Hey, think he Troy Palomalo. think he went rogue all Troy the time? Pa Stop. Troy Palomalo guessing the snap count and leaping at a quarterback is one thing. Completely... Clearing a fucking another offensive lineman to get to the kicker is completely different. If they're not breaking the rules, why why do you have a problem with it? Just saying. But you Next don't think year, they, that better be a fucking rule. You don't think defense does drills against a kick or special teams does drills against a kick? You don't think that happens? Yeah, there's there's stunts you do. There's you know one guy blocks this way so the other guy can get through the gap to run in and block the kick. You come off the edge with a very fast rusher. You don't leap over a fucking center. But I'm with Rich. You don't think if they find a, if they flush out a guy that's got that kind of talent, you don't think they maybe start maybe building that into some of the plays? Okay, okay. So it can be legal this year. After this year, fucking rule. Let's get, let's get uh, Roger on the horn. Say, hey, we need yeah, a new I, rule for you. Yeah, Iceman. Oh, I don't need to. I'm going to call it. upset. No, no, I'm going to call it. Ice it right now. There will be a rule saying you cannot leap over the fucking center. And that rule needs to be put in place because Iceman on the Sporty Podcast is fucking with his picks. Yeah. Yes. Goddamn yes. right. Because that's the only reason he's bitching this much about this. You know this, right? 
Yeah. Actually, it actually it made me win that game, so I'm not that upset about it because it was uh, Baltimore that got blocked. I'm just tired of watching people jump over the center. Well, you're tired of running backs running up the middle too, and that's 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 another that's new age rule. old if, that that shit ain't going away, man. That is if you're age old, stop trying to show you have nuts and run one to two guys up the middle of the fucking pack when you have eight to nine guys in the box saying you're not going anywhere. But if you got you a guy like no, I don't Christian Okoye, like Jerome Bettis, why yes, would you not run that Christian motherfucker Coy right up the Steve middle? Atwater. What happened when Christian Okoye met Steve Atwater? I, did, I digress. Yeah, but what, if you got a guy like the fridge, why the fuck, ain't you, why the fuck wouldn't you jam that guy up the middle? If you're trying, if you're trying to get one to two yards for the first down, why the fuck would you be like, here, here's a mountain of a man, go, just because run up the middle. About, it's one mountain, it's one mountain, and you got eight to nine mountains stopping him. Just I don't. Yeah, but then you have then you have guys who played fullback before they started phasing it out, like Lorenzo Neal and Mike Allstott, who made a career of going up the gut and beating those eight guys in the box. That was the point. They couldn't bring those fucking guys down. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the problem. Like you said, they phased them out. Now there's nobody that's a power back and or a uh, fullback that can bust a hole open big enough to get that one oh, to two yards. Oh, I disagree with you. And he plays, okay. in, he, he plays in Pittsburgh, sir, and he had a career fucking day on Sunday. Okay. In the snow. No, but still, he's big. He's big. He's mobile. You could use that guy in every fucking down. You could throw to him. Like the running backs don't come like him anymore. Did both teams play in the snow? Yeah, and both teams are yep. from the snow. Arguably, okay. Buffalo more. If both teams played in the snow, then the snow isn't a factor. It's just they're bad for not preparing well enough. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's the same thing with Super Bowl. What was it? Super the Super Bowl down in Miami where uh, Peyton won his first Super Bowl, and they're like, "Well, it says it's going to rain," and him and Jeff Saturday are talking, and Saturday goes, "Oh, it never rains on Super Bowl Sunday." And Peyton goes, "You know what? Let's let's do let's do a wet ball drill just in case." And so they did wet ball drills, and guess what? It rained, and Jeff Saturday was like, "Thank God we fucking prepared for that." Ooh. I mean that's part of that's part of what that's part of the sport. You play outdoors no matter the weather. It's not baseball. No, I get it. I'm just saying, you know, weather's a factor. I'm gonna use wet ball drills as a new euphemism for sex. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna go run some wet ball drills with the old lady. <laughs> if I bust a nut, my balls are dry. You didn't do something right, sweetheart. Yeah. I don't know, Iceman. Just I think uh, there's a lot more value to running up the middle than you think, there, Chief. Okay. But speaking of teams playing in uh, crappy weather and biffing it. Now, wait a minute. Wait, wait, Chris, you're uh, right. When you, got an, when you got a Le'Veon Bell, okay, when you got somebody tough enough to do it, all right, okay, give him the fucking shot. When you have a Marshawn Lynch, duh, you don't throw a one-yard pass to the end zone that gets intercepted and costs you a Super Bowl. I digress. Whatever. But when you got somebody that size, guy like that Zeke. powerful, uh, yes, be proven. Hold on, don't jump out the train yet. Look, every defense he's played doesn't matter. Like his worst, his worst game this year, he rushed for like ninety-eight yards or some shit like that. Like it's his worst performance. 
I'm not talking about whole game performances. I'm talking the one to two yards in the trenches. You can get it no matter what. When you got a guy with the size and the stature and the demeanor that says, I'm going to bust through this line. I don't care if you put all 11 guys in the middle of it. Okay, uh, give him a shot. Hell yeah, try it. But for the majority of, of the NFL teams, they don't have a big, fast back, a strong I'm going to punch you in the mouth but back. But you're, you're talking about throwing out something like a fucking Hail Mary, like getting that out of the playbook. Like, that's that's my only issue with you talking about no more running up the middle. I mean, that is an age-old, tried and true. It just seems like you're you're shaking up the... No, I'm saying on third down or fourth down even, run to the fucking marker. You have backs that run 4-2, 4-3. They can get to the marker. Just run them at an angle. There's no need to try to show your balls and say, I can move you an, a, a fucking yard or two. When you haven't been able to all game. And if but you could, then you wouldn't be at a third and one or a third and two. Okay, but here's the deal, man. You can run it up the gut. You can run it off tackle. Or you can run a sweep, a pitch of some sort, an option. That's These are all, these are like having different types of spices available to cook with. Why limit yourself to, to, well, it doesn't make sense. I don't want to use salt. I'll just use pepper. What? If you, if you got them, if, if you got them biting on play action, run it up the fucking gut. Why are you going to run it off tackle? If they have, okay. if they have a, if they have a line that can't stop shit, no matter how many people they stack in the box, run it up the gut. Wear that defense out. At a certain point, conditioning comes into to play here. No, no, I, I got it. You guys don't agree. That's cool. My rule, just for me, no more running up the gut when you're third and fourth and one. Or, well, when the Rams call you to, to, to come coach out in L.A., <laughs> then I know, I know that when, you, when, you, when the draft comes, you don't want a guy that's going to, you don't want a power back that's going to run. Dude, the fuck it. I wouldn't even worry about the draft. I got Gurley. He is quick as shit. If I need a yard and I have Gurley, He's not going in the middle of the fucking offensive line. He is taking his dreadlock wearing ass to the fucking marker. Racist. He can get there quick. Dude, why do I feel like that you have like a, a cork board with <laughs> topics and you just like close your eyes and you throw a dart and that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna fucking take a stand. I didn't bring this ass and I I didn't bring this up. Chris brought this up. It wasn't me. I'm just saying, this is insanity. This is you you are the, you are this podcast versions of Jerry, a version of Jerry Jones. You know that. Okay. <laughs> have you guys have you guys talked about the fact that people are calling and Jerry Jones is 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 debating whether to put Romo back in because Dak dared to lose a second game. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was yeah, joking really about should. that on Messenger, but for real, he really is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, uh, yeah, yeah. Fox just yeah, yeah. They got a big old article on it. Here's how the Giants win the division. The coach came out and said that Dak is the starter, but Jerry's thinking of Romo. Yeah, you, you know, you got Rodgers, who's seven and six. He still has a fucking job. Uh, yeah, dude, they're on a roll. I'm telling you that last fucking game between the Lions and the Packers is going to mean something. Well, here's here's the quote. I don't have a definition from Jerry. It's from from uh, Uncle Jerry. I don't have a definition for it, but you'll know it when you see it. It's kind of like a definition I heard one time of another issue trying to find a negative topic. And they said, I don't know how to say it, but it's just something that when you see it, you know it's there. We'll see it. And that's as far as putting in Romo 
over Dak. So, basically, he can't tell you why he would want to start Romo over Dak. He can't verbalize why he wants to start it. He can't put it down on paper. He'll just know it when he sees it. That's called a gut instinct. How many years has he owned the Dallas Cowboys? And how many Super Bowls has he won? Oh, fuck ton. A lot and a lot. <laughs> you you what, just one, both. Two? two or three? Jimmy Johnson won one and... Uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson won two, didn't he? Did he win two? Okay, so he's won three. And he's owned the Dallas Cowboys since the late 80s. So he's not even batting 300 on his gut feelings. So he probably needs to shut up and let the fucking season play out as as it is. I'm sorry. You have a rookie quarterback who's lost two games. I know a lot of teams that kill for that right now, Cleveland being one of them. So stop tampering with fucking what you got. 1989. So yeah, okay. He's going on almost 30 years owning the Cowboys. And he's won three Super Bowls, so he wins. So he's won he's a decade. He's a little over 100. Really? Okay. I'm just saying. And Romo's, and on top of it, Romo's already come out and said the team is Dax's. So you're going to back this shit up, you're going to start this controversy, and you're going to get that shit stirred up in that locker room when that team's running like that well-oiled of a machine? Maybe yeah. it's supposed to be a motivator. I, I mean... Now, when it comes to mind games, hey, none of us are there. Maybe he knows something we don't. I mean, you know, Uncle Jerry was saying, uh, if you remember, uh, when it was getting close to uh, Romo coming off the injury, he was still dropping hints like, oh, yeah, this is Tony Romo's team. But when it got down to it, he's like, uh, hey, we're winning. I mean, hopefully he looks at it and be like, uh, it's week 14, we're 11-2. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> you know? You're in the playoffs. You could lose out. You're still in the playoffs. Dak could just biff it every game. And he's not because he's got the Lions coming up. But it's you hope. I, I, but it's Jerry. You never know. He's a goddamn wild card. Charlie. Now see, on, this is interesting sunny. because I'm gonna pick the Lions against the Cowboys, and if that happens, I mean, at that point. Is it because the Cowboys have slacked off, or is it because the Lions have stepped up? And will Jerry Jones see it as, oh my God, you've lost to the Lions, you gotta go? Yeah, uh, who knows? Uh, we'll see. But you know who had to go? Also, we've alluded to it, Jeff Fisher. The good. Oh, he had to go. I I completely agree with that. Step in. One hundred percent. Because you're fucking fired. Yeah. Didn't even in my fucking office right there. Didn't even wait uh, for the season to be over. What I don't get is why they gave him a two-year extension deal earlier in the season and then fired him. I don't get that. Why did they? Why did they give him the extension? Wait to announce it, then fire him eight days later. That's I'm where I'm at. What the fuck? Yeah. It's like why would you wait to announce it and then announce it and fire him? But I mean, I on a on a level. I completely agree. He, he five seasons as a head coach, you ain't had one winning season. You gotta go. No, definitely, definitely. You're fired. You're fired. Well, it, You're fired. First of all, let's let's just okay. Let's back up the train for a second. Why the fuck was he given an extension in the first place? I don't know. I have no clue. Playing five hundred ball till this season. Yeah, what the fuck had he done to prove that he deserved an extension? Nothing, as far as anyone can t- can tell us, and that includes the experts who who used to play and used to coach. Like, was the bar in? 
St. Louis, just keep us out of the basement? Because it's really how he's kept that job. I, I guess. I mean, it seems like anybody's guess is as good as ours. But at the same time, have you heard the rub about Eric Dickerson? Dude, you're, you're a has-been. We got it. You're, you were great at one point. You're not now. Okay. Let me guess, because he's wanting Harbaugh to come out there? Well, no, it's not just that he wants Harbaugh out there. It's just, oh, I can go back and, and be on the sideline for Rams now that Jeff's gone. There is no way Harbaugh, let's talk about John, <laughs> is, is going to be leaving Michigan. No, no, they're they're saying uh, Eric Dickerson says that he wants Harbaugh, you know. What has more prestige, rebuilding Michigan and turning him into a fucking contender or rebuilding the St. Louis Rams? I mean, y'all have ears. You heard that sentence. Well, but at the same time, is he a prestige kind of guy or is he a show-me-the-money kind of guy? Well, okay, hold on. There's there's a few things that one, he's already moved his family back to Ann Arbor. He grew up in Ann Arbor. All right, that's his home. Yeah, this is he his. Bought a home out there. I'm keeping this job till I retire. Gig. That's what I think it is for him. Okay, I think. Well, I think if he wins a national championship, then at that point, the right situation comes up. Leaving's on the table for him. I think until that happens, he won't. Also. Look at the type of coach he is. He's wore out his welcome every place he's been at. And especially in San Francisco because he had professional football players going. He's not a he's not a he's not a pro football coach. He's a college coach. He treats us like children. Now you could argue, well, did they not, did, did they or did they not go to the Super Bowl with him treating you like that, which they did? But apparently, that wasn't good enough. Now, if he goes out to L.A., how long until L.A. is tired of his bullshit? And will his shtick even work in L.A.? Because this is the, the mentality here in the Midwest is a lot different than the mentality on, on the left and East Coast. Obviously, we talked about that with Colin. Someone in L.A. will run to a safe space, and that'll be it for Harbaugh. Exactly. You know, him, him being, you know, vein popping out of his forehead screaming, running around shirtless in winter, losing his mind, you know, that might not play so well out there. So I think Warren Harbaugh is perfectly content for where he, where he is right now. And he, if he's going to leave for the NFL, it's going to be for a hell of a lot more prestigious team than the fucking L.A. Rams. Yeah. Um, uh, what about Les Miles? I mean, there's a coaching vacancy now in uh, the NFL. I mean, doesn't sound like colleges were knocking down his doors to come coach for him, which I don't understand. This I don't is, get it. This is the name I keep hearing, but I hear it every time uh, an opening happens on any football team in pro football. John Gruden's name is being batted around. I think John Gruden is more than happy to stay where the fuck he's at. I tell you, John Gruden's getting 15 different blowjobs from 15 different women every fucking weekend. All right, He's not giving up that gig. He's a TV star. Probably walk into any local bar and just pick. That's that's where I'm coming hey, from. It's time to take you to quarterback camp. Let's go, honey. By the way, quarterback camp nickname on my penis. You know what? <laughs> you know what John Gruden's like along, John, along with uh, wet ball drills. John John go. Gruden. We're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna put you to the wet ball drills at quarterback camp. Yeah, there uh, you go. 
John Gruden, <laughs> John Gruden coaching for any pro football team, the, that rumor is like the rumors up until probably 2006 here in Detroit. Any time a running back went down, and maybe Barry will come back. It's whoever says it either is not dealing in reality. Or they're just throwing out the first name they can think of. Well, it's like when everyone, it's, it's finally stopped with people bringing up Cower. Like for the first few years after Cower retired. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. he's coming to Detroit. Yeah. Here comes the yeah. chin. Well, just with anybody. Yeah, in Detroit, the, the talks world a lot, but just with anybody in general. You get the same kind of, but it, it stopped with him. You know? Plus, too, he seems nice. He's a nice guy now on TV. All right. I want to do a quick recap of. Uh Week 14 with what the fuckings? Raiders, seriously? Ah, you fell short. Told you. Either either the Raiders fell short, or is it the Chiefs are actually elite? Where are we at? It's that Kansas City defense is what it is, because Kansas City ain't got nobody special on their offense. Maybe Travis Kelsey. Uh, Spencer Ware when he decides to show up, but it's that defense. Kansas City's taking a page out of the Denver playbook, and the defense has been one of them in their games lately. That's this podcast's we, we opinion. We are still in the regular season, just saying playoffs, whole new thing. Rich? I think it was a hiccup with the Raiders. I don't I know. I did too. I did too. I mean, I, I just, uh, that team, uh, to, just, to me, to my untrained eye, to my unprofessional eye, in my unprofessional opinion, they've got everything clicking right, and they finally had a game where they just, they weren't, and it happens, man. It happens. I think so. I, I think just like Jim said, losing's part of the game. It's going to happen. Yeah, All right. so after Iowa, so, exactly. Right. So, moving on, Redskins, Eagles, Redskins. You like that? I called that, by the way. <laughs> Pennsylvania lost. <laughs> so yeah, and what? And, and your check for nothing will be in the mail. So got it. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, Chris, what do you think? Redskins are are dominant, or the Eagles just? can't make the bill because of their rookie quarterback. For some reason, I'm just not buying Washington. I'm not. I'm just weak. We're going into week 15 here. I'm not buying the Redskins. For some reason, I don't know why. Just Beat Joe Lewis is this. I'm just saying. I just, I don't. Maybe because the Lions beat him. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not. <laughs> See? I don't Eyeball think, testing it. I don't think they're for real. I don't. I just Rich. think they, but, too, in the division they're in, they're pretty much setting up to be an also-ran who's going to be just missed the playoffs. No, I'm not buying it. No, I, 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 there's one thing I got with the Redskins that I just can't let go of because he's just – he can't be stopped, and I don't care who it is. And very rarely, like with the Lions or something where, you know, they come back and miraculously beat them. But Crowder, holy hell. All right, Texas. Well, hold on, hold on. You got to stop quick, this quick. week. You didn't do much this week. Just – Real quick, yeah, though, let's, let's let's take a second here because, I mean, you've got NFL.com and other sites no, I didn't. putting the playoff picture out there. And, and unless you guys talked about this, I had to step away for a second. I don't know if you did. They're giving the Lions a first-round bye. They're projecting them to come in second in the NFC. Hey, Crowder had no, two catches for 37 I, yards and no touchdowns yards. this week. I said no, he didn't. Yeah. I'm an owner. Just a, <laughs> I'm aware of his performance this week. But, but look at the Reds. You know, we talk a lot about the Giants receiving core. Look at the Redskins receiving core. Deshaun Jackson, Garcon, uh, this new guy Crowder, for whatever reason, has come out. I, I mean, the, you know, uh, Davis, the tight end. I mean, 
Cousins has some good people to throw to, just like Eli. So I I, I got to think they're going to do something. But who are they going to do it against the last four weeks? I, I don't know. But I, I don't think they're a write-off, so to speak. Three weeks, excuse me. And with that being said, Texans win over the Colts. Uh, I got not That's a what the fuck into me. Um, your defense, if you're the if you're the Texans, has been plagued by injury. Your offense is whatever you. I can't even begin to say they even have an offense. And yeah, I mean, this is you know, this was Luck's chance to say, I I, I am the man now in Indy, and yeah, no, not even close. Chris, where are you on that one? Uh, hold up. Uh, what game was it again? Sorry, I was just crunching the pick numbers. <laughs> Texans beat the Colts. Um, is this another team I'm not buying? I'm not buying it. Your offense, your offense is suspect. Your defense is all right. You know, you don't have J.J. Watt. Uh, when you talk about best defenses in the league, Houston ain't even even in the conversation this year. Uh, just they're they're another. Put put them in the same category as Washington. Not buying it. But who's, well, who's you're gonna be a rich man because you ain't buying nothing. Go ahead, Rich. Who's sniffing up their ass though? Colts. I mean, you, you really think the Colts could overtake the Texans? I think, I, I think that the whole thing is just a box of what the fuckings right there. I think Andrew Luck's a better QB than Brock Osweiler. I could see it happening. It's not I thought so too, but what the hell? I'm saying in general, they play each other. Yeah, I guess Texans won straight up, but I I could see. Uh, I mean, let's look at their schedule. Could the Colts run the table? I mean, we're talking like Andrew Luck sucks. Like he doesn't. I mean, they're both. I mean, Andrew Luck doesn't really suck, but Andrew Luck's offensive line really does suck. They got the Vikings, the Raiders, and the Jags. Oh well, maybe they're gonna win one out of three yeah, games. One and two <laughs> down the stretch. But I don't know. Vikings ain't that hot. I could see them getting over on the Vikes. That will be offensive line right there. Vikings only got a uh, one game record better than them. I mean, they, they, Vikings have the same record as the Texans right now, don't they? Careful though. Adrian Peterson's talking about a comeback though. Uh, here, here we go again. Ooh, big deal. <laughs> I think I'm firmly with Rich's camp of he's done. Like that, his four sabbatical he had. That 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 took a lot out of him. That that's when it, it killed his momentum, I think. And I think ever since then, I mean, momentum goes up and it goes down. And the momentum shifted, and sun is setting on Mr. Peterson. Okay, and I'm going to go with that. And if he he could not get a good yard the rest of his career, however long it may be. However, when people start to prepare for him, they have to prepare for the Adrian Peterson they knew. And that's going to free up the passing. Think he's even going to play? Because he's talking about he's thinking about practicing. Uh, could be a Friday Night Lights thing with Booby Miles. I don't know. Rich, you're, you're Colts. What are you thinking? Where are you at? A- and you're Texans. So go. This is like the McLaughlin group. I don't, dude. I don't know. I don't know. This is this is like asking me to choose between two teams that I don't really think even deserve a playoff spot. I mean, to be honest with you. No, that's the next game I'm going to ask you about. But did the I mean, Texans live up to the to be the shit, or did the Colts just what the fuck it? I don't even know about the Colts. I got a well documented history of just shit in the bed when it comes to them guys. Texans, 
Okay, yeah, they lost J.J. Watt, but one man does not make a defense. Where I'm with Chris on this. Where the fuck is te- Texans' defense? It's not even in the talk. I'm saying, and they got Brian Cushing still at linebacker. Hell of a linebacker. Yeah, so where, Clowney, where are these guys? Javon Clowney? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But uh, moving on, you got the Bengals beat the Browns. Is anybody surprised other than the Browns? <laughs> the Browns ain't scared. Garbage. I mean, the Bengals ain't scared of the Browns. Bengals are like, <laughs> give me a fucking break, really? Right, at, at least show up for this? At, at least they still got LeBron, right? <laughs> exactly. Terrible sign. The, the terrible Bengals sign. Were, the Bengals were like, I didn't know we had a scrimmage this week. Yeah, we thought this was the bye week. A hundred percent what the fuckings. Broncos and Titans. What happened? Marcus Mariota and Marco Murray is what happened. Told you. Uh, Tennessee yeah. has a better Third, offense than Denver. 13 to 10, stop it. That's not even a dog that's going to hunt here. Tennessee uh-huh. has a better offense than Denver right now. They do. It's 13 to 10 was the score, Bubba. They have a better offense than Denver. They have DeMarco Murray. They have Mariota. They got Delaney Walker. Who does Denver have? They're on, they're on to their third choice for running back this year. I think Devontae Booker. They got Emmanuel Sanders. They got Demarius Thomas, but those guys have proven they're only good as the guy thrown to them. And who do they got? Uh, Jacob Tam's old ass at tight end. Who does Denver really have on their offense? I gotta agree with you, Chris. I mean, Mariota's starting to show signs of of coming to life. No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against both of you. Broncos dropped the fucking ball. That was a bunch of what the fuckings the whole game. All right, uh, Cardinals Dolphins. The Dolphins won. It was a rainy fucking game. The Dolphins fumbled. Uh, they couldn't hold on to a punt. They ran into their own player. Uh, it, it, like I said, it was raining all night. It was terrible to play in, and the Dolphins still won. How the hell did that happen? Real easy. Arizona didn't play to win. They played to not lose. The Arizona gave that game to the Dolphins. Pretty. I mean, the, the better team on that field on Sunday was Arizona. Okay. I agree with that. I think they, they gave the game to the Dolphins. They weren't playing was, to win. His, his, they are playing yeah. not to lose. So Arizona's doing what, they, or at least this season, the Cardinals are doing what the Lions have been known to do in the past. Well, I was gonna say, as a Lions fan, I've seen playing not to lose many times, and I exactly. know what it looks like. We'll take the wind. Oh, oh yeah. goodness. Is, is Marty Morningwig the only coach, head, former head coach of the Lions, who went on to do anything with any long, you know, Longevity no, in the no. NFL afterwards. Rod, uh, isn't Rod, Rod down Marino? in Dallas? Isn't he Dallas's defensive coach right now? Where's Jim Schwartz? Uh, Philly. Uh, Philly, yeah. Right. He got the boot from the Bills. Well, yeah, because Rob needed a job. Rex was like, hey, <laughs> all right. We can both be coaches at the same time. All right, now you want to start? You wanted me to start, but I'm not going to, so I'm going to say it. Lions beat the toilet bowl twenty to seventeen. I wasn't surprised. Were you surprised? I wasn't surprised. I have some concerns. I really we've already talked about them in our chat. But come on. Bears are on second string everything. Second string quarterback, second string tight end. The only person out of that second string, third string receivers, the only person on that offense whose name you're gonna hear past this year is uh Jordan Howard. Bears are awful. Bears' record is awful. They're an awful football team, and we had to come back to win that game. 
right? But we've talked about this. The Lions play up to or down to the potential of the team. You have facing. the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Packers left. Good Time's fucking luck. Tell. Good fucking Time's, luck, man. Time's going to tell their story. And I personally think the Lions have developed a rope-a-dope when they play football. They have their they sit there and three get hardest his, games ahead of them. Well, we'll see how it happens. Fourth Matthew, quarter is no longer the we're going to lose. Matthew Stafford seems to have confidence in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter that he's never had before in his professional career. And I, I think anybody who disagrees with what I'm about to say is a fool. But you're playing with fire when you're always having to come back from behind. Yeah. like that's It's exciting football. It is. If you're a Lions fan. Or if you're just a fan of watching good games and comebacks. But eventually, it's going to catch up with you. And the Lions' luck for 60 years is it's going to catch up with them at the worst possible time. Yes. Coming back in the fourth quarter, ain't going to play against the Giants. It's not going to play against the Cowboys. It ain't going to play against Green Bay. It's not. Like, this no, I, is the I toughest totally... part of your schedule. You had to come back to beat the lowly Bears. Like, like I'm I, saying, I, though, I just I, I feel the rope-a-dope is in place. They let it, people play themselves out, and then they take it over in the final minutes of the fourth quarter, which is ironic because if you've watched the Lions as long as I have, you know that they'll hold the lead the entire game and then it's what the fuck is in the fourth quarter. So it's really just awe-striking to watch the fourth quarter now with the Lions. Yeah, but let, me give you an, let me give you an example of how lionized I've been growing up most well half my childhood in Detroit and most of my adulthood. I'm watching Monday Night Football last night, and when the Ravens start making a comeback, I'm like, oh, shit, it's over for the Patriots. And then I realized, wait a minute, that's because I'm used to watching the Lions when they when the team they're playing starts making a comeback. Right. This is the Patriots. Tom Brady was like, not having it, not having it. Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a pass. Hell but of a pass. Just, do you have the team. You, you are facing the team that just beat the best team in the league coming up. And you have the best team in the league. And you got a you got the pack with a chip on their shoulder coming up. Like okay. I can really see the last game of the year being for the division. I've and one of the seen things this goddamn I give the movie Giants, before. I live here. One one of the things I give the Giants, the Giants don't play scared no matter who they play. Yeah. They do not get on that field thinking, Oh shit. At any point that I've seen any game this season I've seen him play. Except for and, Eli Manning, he's a scared bitch. Uh, once again, he's got that Freddie Prince Jr. thousand-yard stare constantly. So, him I and mean, Kristen Stewart can get together <laughs> and have, have little blank-faced babies. Yeah, have a stare off. Who looks off into the distance the best? Yeah. So, but I look. I can't argue about the Lions. All I can do at this point is there's three games left. Do I believe that they can make the playoffs? And win a playoff game. I'm halfway there. Oh, hey, easy, buddy. We're from Detroit. I'm just Those saying, I'm goals. halfway there. Yeah, uh, and it's like, you know. I mean, I the worst case scenario for me is if the Lions and the Bucks somehow meet in the playoffs. That's the worst case scenario well, you, for me. You get, a, you get a dual jersey made. You have one half of your body Bucks, one half of your body Lions. I've, but I've never been a Lions fan. I've never owned any Lions merchandise. Never owned a Lions jersey. None of that. I got. Like, I'm halfway to a Lions offensive line here <laughs> in jerseys. 
you know, I'm just saying, I just, it, it, it's never been my team. When I started watching pro football, I was in Florida. It was the Bucks. period. So it's just the way it's been. Don't, I, and it's going to, it's going to suck because no matter what, I'm going to get shit. But I mean, honestly, I didn't expect the Bucks to do what they're doing this year. So to me, maybe this is the difference between uh, a homer and, and a realistic fan. I'm happy they're doing as well as they're doing. I really am. I, All right. I, I'm waiting for them to shoot themselves in the foot and bounce out of the playoffs. You sound like a Lions fan. I'm just saying. I'm a Bucks fan. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't surprised. I'm, I'm a true blue homer. I love the Lions. I love the Lions, whether they're 16-0 and 16, Super Bowl champs or not. I pick them. They're my boys. But I want to get through the rest of these because there's some what the fuckings that I don't quite understand yet. Uh, Steelers, Bills. Steelers 27, Bills 20. Steelers finally got coached right. Bills didn't come up high enough. What do you guys think? I'm going with the Steelers finally got coached right. I'm going with Pittsburgh does this every year, it seems. They they start lackluster, and then they come on when they need to come on. It seems like there's a, there's a pattern in Pittsburgh. and it, that, I just think this is it's December, it's Pittsburgh, this is what it goes on. That's, where, that's really kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't put it exactly that way, but... It's the Steelers, man. If they're <laughs> this is this is what I'm saying. It, I don't understand. The Steelers are not the Red Sox, okay? They're not like they don't have Steeler Nation, even though they really wish they did. And I mean, they, they've won two Super Bowls, you know, in the last ten years, eleven years. So maybe they, I don't know, are to a point. But I don't see any Steeler fans fans sweating it. Flipping out, it's it's the people who aren't fans that are going, oh, Steelers sucked this year. And you're like, well, they finally got coached right. Once again. I'm saying they were losing. And they're then always finally. In the last 11, 12 years, when have the Steelers just been out of it at this point in the season? Never. I don't know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right, so Steelers finally got coached right. Moving on. Chargers 16, Panthers 28. What the actual fuck? That was all about what the fuck is. I was like, Cam Newton's going to cry over something, right? No, he didn't cry at all. You let me down, Philip. You let me down. It's serious. <laughs> you and Tyrell, you let me down. You know what's funny, though? My other QB, Derek Carr. Was fucked either way last week. Like, Derek Carr had the worst performance of his career. As short as it was. But, Sandy, uh, uh, I mean, he's done, right? I mean, this is this, this is his swan song. Well, I mean, both of these teams, I think, are done. Chargers and Panthers. Well, I just mean Rivers, like it's contract time. Well, God, I hope not for his sake, because he's going to have to prove something a lot better than what he has uh, been. He's, his numbers have been respectable this year, I can tell you yeah, that. Yeah, not, not the win-loss column, though. That's true, but as far as performance, if you're going for contract, I mean, isn't that really all you give a shit about? Well, like, we'll hey, see. fuck yourself, San Diego. Like, he's, you know, make argument you guys make. There's... There's eleven or there's ten other dudes on that field with you. Can't can't catch the ball myself. Can't block for myself. Like that's that's the argument his agent can make. I'm just saying. Having lived in the South and in and around Detroit a lot of my life, what I just sent you guys is all I got to say about that game. I swear, it's not Cam. He, he looks like Sister Cam in the post game outfit. Dude, no, the one whoever sent the picture of him and Brian Fellows. Like oh, that's yeah, that was it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Cam Newton no, he, 
Yeah. Looks like he called Tracy okay. Morgan. Like, let me borrow your Brian Fellows gear. Okay, you want to you know what I think about that fucking game? I think the Chargers had to lose and the Panthers had to win for them both to be 5-8. and eight. Why the fuck are we talking about them besides the fact that you want to go over every single game, Iceman? Because I just, it's a hard bunch of what the No, shut the fuck up. Your unemployed ass needs your fucking ego stroke to go, I told you so. I called. Oh, I, I had a terrible pick. I had a terrible pick. I everything. No, I had a terrible pick in week. Uh, Vikings, Jags, 25-16, there's nothing to talk about. Jags, get a coach. Next. <laughs> uh, the next game, Jets 23-49-17. Jets, because somebody had to. Yeah, someone had to win. <laughs> uh, again, Falcons, Rams, forty-two to fourteen. Jeff Fisher's fired. Anything I mean, else? They got embarrassed. They got embarrassed. <laughs> like I said, Jeff Fisher's fired. Anything else? Here's here's the only thing I take from that: the Falcons are annoyingly still in it, tied with it's, your it's bucks. Like, it's it's like it's like the fucking quote from Fight Club. You know, the Falcons are that little sore on the roof of your mouth that would heal if only you could stop fucking with it. That's what they're, that's what they're turning into this season. <laughs> that's why I say, I'm not going to be shocked if in three weeks we're looking at the Bucks. They're on the outside looking in at the playoffs. If they're already scheduling tea time. Just saying. All right. Speaking of, Saints 11, Buccaneers 16. I, famous Jameis. I said that. Yeah, you were the only one who picked that game. Is that what you wanted to hear? No, I was just saying. <laughs> Drew Brees isn't isn't the Drew Brees of before. He just ain't. Yeah, he's showing his age this year. I think. I'm just not ready to fucking. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just not ready to write him off as his career is done. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, it might not be I'm, done, but yeah, it I'm isn't not, what it was. Not done, but the sun's starting to set. We're starting to dip. Uh, starting to dip below the horizon. You know, I remember in 2000, what was it, 2007 when Brady went down. You know, in retrospect, it's a fucking laugh. I mean, we can all sit around and, and have a really good laugh about it. But in 2007, there was more than a, a few people in the choir singing, oh, boy, this is the end of the Patriots' dominance, and this is the end of beginning of the end with Brady. Shit, yeah, they that was nine seasons ago. They were saying that, what was it, uh, the, the last year they won the Super Bowl. They were saying the beginning of the season... Uh, it was uh, all Tom Brady talk about, oh, is this it? Should Tom just retire? Can they come back from this? And then, you know, the end of the year might as well have been him flipping off everybody. Oh, fuck y'all. I'll be there in a second. It's two, three games away. But Saints? Yeah. Sorry, dude. Got to get a quarterback. All right. Seahawks, Packers. Told Seahawks you. 10. Told you. Packers 38. They're they're rolling and they're pissed. Apparently. All they have, Damn it, Seahawks. All they have left now is the division. They have Minnesota. They have Chicago. They have Detroit. Don't be surprised if what uh, Mr. Rogers prophesies comes true. Because they played, they played their toughest game. Somebody give Rogers a fucking Xanax and make him R-E-L-A-X, please. It, no, man. He's pissed. So are you? Are you are either of you guys comfortable calling it the winner of that fucking week seventeen game is the winner of the division? Yeah, I am. Oh, I I, I don't think it gets I've, that far. I've seen this movie. I, I think the Lions are gonna do my thing. They're finally in it to win it, and then hopefully they don't get that far where that has to be the game. But could well, Lions have to win too? Yeah, the next three. like I girl, I really trust me. I hope this is the year Matthew Stafford's balls have dropped. I really do. 
But looking at our schedule, looking hey. at theirs, I see week 17 being for the division. There will be no dropping on Matthew Stafford's balls. Catch every one of them. I really see us going one and two over the next three. I see the Giants getting us. I see the Cowboys getting us. No wet ball drills in the quarterback camp. Stop it. <laughs> well, they got rid of Pettigrew, so there's one guaranteed <laughs> drop ball if the pass goes to him. Yeah, that's another one. I was like, he's still playing? <laughs> All right, so Cowboys are at seven. I thought Justin Forsett was still a lion. Apparently, Justin Forsett's on the Broncos now. <laughs> uh-huh. Cowboys seven, Giants are at ten. What the fuckings? I mean, it's... You could argue that's your NFC Championship game right there. I know I'm yeah, counting out your boys. I know, I know I'm counting out Honolulu Blue and Silver, but you could argue that's the preview of the NFC Championship game. And apparently this year the Giants got their number. The, the only two losses to the Giants, or, or that the Cowboys have, are to the Giants. And if the Giants went out and Dallas, for some reason, dr- crashes the plane into the mountain, it, it is not mathematically impossible for the Giants to win the division. It's possible, not probable. We'll throw it in that category. Let me tell you something. If the Cowboys have lost those two games to any other team but the Giants, we're not having this conversation. Possibly the Redskins. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think there would be any doubt about the Cowboys. Just, okay, so they had, they had you know, they, they lost two games to a division opponent. Okay. But it's, I'm telling you, the Giants are not scared. You could argue that the Giants are an argument for experience and hardware. Like Eli yeah, came well. in and went, what, both times, Eli's been, what up, Rook? Here's how the you win a football person, game. The only person that had anything to do with the Cowboys the last time they won a Super Bowl is their owner. And you got a quarterback who was never supposed to win two Super Bowls let alone win them in the ways he did, playing for the Giants. I, 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 I'm not a fan of Eli Manning. He's a 40-degree day. He's just there to me. But I can't, I can't deny the man's hardware. I can't deny his record. And he is not scared of them fucking Cowboys. Nope. Maybe he's, maybe he's like high-functioning autistic, and he's just, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't get that he should be scared of the teams that he's not scared of. Because he ain't scared of the Patriots. He ain't scared of the Cowboys. Yeah, no one gave him the memo, or he didn't receive the memo, that he's supposed to be scared. Yeah. Even Peyton was like, oh, this motherfucker. Every time him and Brady had to play. Every time. You know he yeah. was. And Eli's just like, oh, it says Manning on the back of my jersey. I got two rings. And Eli's just like, why don't you just beat him like I do? What's the, what's the problem, Peyton? Speaking well, of... We can handle this like some gentlemen, or we can get some gangster shit. Just shit. <laughs> the, the Ravens are 23, the Patriots are 30. I mean, that win is planned, I think. Well, I think Chris picked the Ravens. I did, and I, I picked another battle of kickers. I'm going to just stop making that decree, because every time I make it, I look like a fool. Yeah, the only battle was that jumping over a center to block the fucking field goal. Yeah. But it, I don't know. You, you, uh, the Ravens. I, I don't know. Through three quarters, Patriots just dominated it, and then their fucking special teams couldn't get the ball right. How do you beat the Patriots? Keep Tom Brady off the field. Duh. True. But as soon as he got back on the field, it was like, hey, hold my beer and watch this. I got a big dick and a hot wife. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know how you know that, but whatever. <laughs> 
How does he know? Because he saw the stretch marks around John Gruden's mouth from blowing him last night. Holy <laughs> shit. I haven't seen such an enthusiastic blowjob since I accidentally ran across some gay porn on fucking x You could also argue right. Tom Brady's in that class of man where you could say you What's have a big next? dick and no one's going to question you. Dude, if you're 6'5", and you're Tom Brady, and you don't have a big dick... Yeah, even if it's proportional, you got a, a decent-sized dick. I'm just saying, if he's got a thumb dick, it's a good thing he's good at football. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Maybe that's why he's so good. He has a micropene. <laughs> well, i got to compensate somewhere. Let's be the greatest at quarterback that's ever played the game. Okay, all jokes aside, though, who's this kid Hogan? Seriously. On the Patriots, the receiver, someone rookie kid? Someone who will be gone next year. An an another no-name receiver that Tom Brady is making look like a world beater. Yeah. Ask the Wes Tom Brady slash the system is making look like a world beater. Ask Wes Welker about that. Yeah, I, I just... Peyton Manning could make like Wes Welker look good. I, I think huh? it's a waterboy moment where he's just like, all right, who's my bitch? Who's my bitch? There he is. I don't know. Tom Brady's been making white boy, giving white boys hope they could play wide receiver in the NFL since 2001. So uh, you can't put anything past him. Yeah, I just nah. All right, so that's the week in review of what the fuckings. Yeah. So would we be? Could do we? Are we going to ice it on uh, Les Miles coaching L.A. Rams? <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to ice that. I, I still think he's going to end up in Notre Dame or Michigan State. It'd be the best place for him. I, I think just like uh, Jesus Akakis, he's, he's a college coach and a hell of a college coach of that. He's not going to fucking Michigan State. State's already fucking made their decision to stick with fucking D'Antonio. Well, unless D'Antonio leaves. Yeah, State's officially enacted the you get one clause. Like, all right. <laughs> You get one. You can come back next year. That was a mulligan. But God help yeah. you. God help you if next year's awful. I'm sure that's probably what's going on. You, I guarantee you can't post a record like that twice and keep your job. Yeah, it's either it's either you go to a, a bowl or you look for another job. I guarantee you that. And I'm not saying this. That's how it is at Michigan State. I'm saying that's at any college. You put up that record twice in a row. You're not coaching there next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, at a lot of colleges, especially this year, you put even begin to put up some record like that, they fire you in mid-season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Antonio has, and I'm sure his critics would disagree, but I think he's bought himself enough breathing room to have a season like that without having to look over his shoulder. That's, I'd say that's a fair statement. I mean, now, if they are posting a losing record halfway through next season, then, yeah, he should probably, he should probably start looking in that rearview mirror a little bit. So, All right. All right, so is it pick time? I believe so. All right. Well, first up, well, I mean, okay, let's review the standings. Oh, there's been a change. Rich, you've fallen into third place, 546. I'm right. second at 551. I mean, we're both still over 500. And hey, guess who's in first? <laughs> well, he calls everything. So. Take me. You know, Take me. Yeah. So how's this? How's this shaping out, Ice Man? By the way, I want to. I want to say I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be petty as fuck. God. 
When was the Lions' losing streak this season? Before he was on the on the on the uh, the podcast. Okay, so if he did what he did every time, picked the Lions right there, he'd have had four games. He'd have fucking lost. Oh, that's true. I I, I do want to say something though. The Lions haven't lost since I got married. They won the last game as I before I got married, and they've won out since I've been married. So, thank you. Hey, you think it matters? Good for you. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, it's one of those things. First game, the now rudderless. Was well, there's got to be an interim coach, right? And uh, for the Rams, is it, is yeah, it's the it's the special teams coach. All right, well, and he's been informed he's just the interim coach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, Chris, rich me go. All right, uh, Rams heading into Seattle, CenturyLink. Uh, going with Seattle on this one. Not much to say. Yeah, I'm there with you. Give me Seattle. I don't know. Jeff Fisher not being there, yeah, it's still not going to make a difference, Seattle. God, they still haven't broke 200 points in the season. Yeah, I know, right? Jesus, God. Next up. Ooh, oh, that's right. Nice. It's that wonderful time of year. We have a Saturday game, ladies and gentlemen. Damn it. Dolphins heading in to New York. Right? Jersey, actually. Mad life. Facing the Jets. Uh, moratorium. And just, they're a better team this year. Miami. Yeah, even though the Jets are at home. They got their own coaching issues, and now that Fisher's been fired, the people that have been trying to cast shade on Fisher to keep their uh, tension off of them, who are Jets fans, now they, you know, you got what you wanted. Fisher's fired. Now everyone's looking at your coach going, so how long do you got? So, yeah, I'm not buying them. Give me the Dolphins. Yeah, the uh, Jets coming off a win, you never know, but... uh I don't know. I, I almost put the Dolphins in the category, same category as the 49ers, almost. I mean, I'm almost there with them, but they're better a little bit. So, yeah, Dolphins over the Jets. Ha, I, re- I pre-wrote everybody in for the Dolphins in that one. I got lucky. <laughs> All right, Sunday games. Dangerous one here, gentlemen. Telling you, Green Bay heading to Soldier Field. They're on a roll. Chicago oh. sucks. Picking the pack. Hello. I'm trying to figure out what what's the danger coming. You think it's a trap game for the uh, Pats? Nope, not Pats. Uh, pack? No, 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 no. Okay, I was gonna say, is that your your bold statement for the week? <laughs> nah, not this game. Oh, you know I can't even imagine being a Bears fan at this point. Because they're such cocky assholes. But if I was, I don't know, I'd probably be doing a lot of drinking because I know the pack's going to come in and just go straight up their fucking tailpipe this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you could argue the division's in their sights. They're rolling. Like, it's, it's a recipe for disaster for the Bears. All right, I hate man. in our division. I hate it. I can't stand it. But I hate the toilet bowl more than I hate the oh, the one with the handle. They both look like toilet bowls. The Packers are a bidet. 
It looks like it. Seriously. All right. We're going to blow water up your ass. You taking the bidet? Green. Yes. All right. Next up, Jacksonville at Houston. I mean, come on. Really? I mean, as, as underwhelmed as I am by Houston, I mean, come on. I mean, the, the shit trio this year goes Cleveland, San Francisco, Jacksonville, Houston. Yeah, I don't need anyone to try to claim I have Watt envy. That's just not even a... That's, that's a no-brainer. Give me Houston. Yeah, this is going to have nothing to do with Watt or anybody else. They need a coach bad in Jaguar. Bad. They need a coach. Hey, Jeff Fisher's... Uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, there you go. Texans. All right. Cleveland at Buffalo. I mean... Give me the bills, right? I mean, it's. Can I get one? Can I get one? It, my time's running out, damn it. Yeah. Going with Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo's just there at this point in the season. But, I mean, dude, they're still not Cleveland. Give me the bills. Everybody's calling for Rex Ryan to be fired in Buffalo. They're thinking his his job's on the brink, and, and I very well might be. God, be it, let the Browns beat Buffalo. I highly doubt that'll happen. I have to pick Buffalo. They're at home. Uh, Rex is going to be like, ha, look at that win. It, everybody's going to be like, you beat Cleveland. Stop it. Congratulations. You did the least thing you could do to keep your job this week. You showed up on time and punched in. Congratulations, Rex. I, I just, I really don't want Cleveland to get the title that the fucking Lions have. Damn it. That's how you know you're a homer of epic proportions. Where you I, I told you, win or lose, those are my boys. Does this to all mean alone as the worst team in the 16-game era. Jesus. Does all of this grandstanding mean you pick Buffalo? Yes, I said I had to pick Bills there at home. I I, I can hope to God that Cleveland one time, but I don't know. Next up, Philly at Baltimore. (sighs) Ravens, broken my heart a couple times this year, especially last week. But I'm going with Baltimore. I'm going with Joe Fucko over Carson Wentz. Baltimore is at home, taking the Ravens. Well, I'm taking the Ravens because the Ravens are pissed the fuck off. And they're going to take it out on, on uh, the Eagles there. Ravens know they actually had a shot at winning that game last night and completely got Bradyized. So, yeah. Not a good week to be a, a, a Eagles fan. Uh, I don't think the Ravens had any shot. Uh, the, the special teams gave them half a chance. But as proven, when Brady got back onto the field, Ravens had zero shot as he delivered that huge bomb to the end zone. That being said, the Eagles, not the Patriots. Carson Wentz, not Tom Brady. Yeah, this put me down as a Ravens win here. All right, next up. Tennessee at Kansas City. To Tennessee. Oh, all right. Uh, you know, we've talked about teams that I'm buying, or teams I'm not buying. Well, I'm buying the Chiefs. Uh, 
Yes, you got Mariota. You got DeMarco Murray. You got Delaney Walker. But Kansas City has two, arguably, of the best cornerbacks in the league right now. That's I said arguably. So, uh, That's true. That's I'm go- true. I'm going with Kansas City. I'm going with Kansas City, too. Uh, I get no yelled at. Long explanation. Yeah, I get yelled at every time I pick against the Chiefs by my wife. But um, no, I'm not picking against the Chiefs. I I, I think Marcus, Marcus Mariota is who I think he is. Uh, he gets lucky every now and again. Uh, he's not going to get lucky against the Chiefs. Unfortunately, they got too many people to stop the luck. So, uh, Chiefs. Right, next up. Yeah, oh, here we go, gentlemen. Detroit heading in to MetLife to play the Giants. Going with the Giants. I'm sorry, they're at home. I mean, it's we just talked about Eli ain't scared of shit. I'm just uh, to me. We've talked about a hundred times, or I have. You beat the Giants in this game. I'm impressed. I'm starting to think you're for real. I don't see Detroit winning this game. Giants. Uh, see, this one's actually hard for me. Just crunching the numbers. They're damn, damn well evenly matched. And they really are. Just on paper. But I don't know. I've been lionized too many times, man. So I'm just going to go with the Giants. Can't do it. Don't think that. I, I don't think that the Lions are quite over that hump to where I can just confidently pick them. So I, they win this game. To me, they're 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 heading in the right direction. Because uh, you will see these guys in the playoffs. I, I, I am going, I am, when it comes to the Lions, pretty much the, the Lions only, am I a homer? That being said, their story is being written. Are they for real? Are they not? Are they contenders? Is my, Matt Stafford elite? These things are all having to be answered by the Lions. And, you know, knock on wood, it, it's been answered every week for, you know, a while now. Um, you know, and and that's just it. They they, I think, really do have a rope a dope mentality. I think they lower themselves and raise themselves depending on who they're playing, and then knock them out in the fourth quarter. It's completely different than what they've done for many many moons. I don't know if they can raise themselves to the the you know the heights of the receiving core of the Giants or you know stop the defense of the Giants. I don't know. I I have hope. And uh, faith, you know. So if they let me down, they let me down. But those are my boys. I gotta go, Lions. I I wrote you in for Lions. It's just saying. <laughs> okay, next up, Colts in the U.S. Bank Stadium, Minneapolis, facing the Vikings. Here's your trap game, gentlemen. I see the Colts taking this. I'm calling the Colts. I just I haven't been oh. hot. You know I just I haven't been hot on Minnesota on on buying them as a team <clears> all year. Their offense blows. 
Well, I mean, for the Lions' sake, it better play out that way because they don't get the at least they get the Vikings off their fucking ass. I mean, but do you really think the Vikings are gonna come back and overtake them? I mean, they got the same record as the Pack. Anyways, I, I'm gonna pick the Colts. They're gonna do the opposite of what I said, so I'm gonna pick the Colts. So that's just there you go. Run to your nearest sports book. I just guaranteed a fucking Vikings victory. I, I, I got to pick the, the Vikings here. Um, I, I just, I don't see, I, regardless of what the offensive line can and can't do for, for Minnesota, uh, the one thing that has been true is the Vikings defense does step up. And the offensive line and many different aspects of the Colts offense just aren't there. And uh, I, I think uh, Andrew Luck is going to be pretty hurt at the end of this game. All right. So with that, Pittsburgh heading to Cincinnati. Paul Brown Stadium, one of the few stadiums not named after a goddamn company. Uh, I mean, I think Pittsburgh is going to eviscerate Cincinnati in this one. I'd last year at this time this game happened uh there was exciting uh this isn't the same Cincinnati team that this was last year uh going with Pittsburgh Yeah same here like we talked about earlier Pittsburgh is now doing what Pittsburgh does the last decade give or take every time this time of year so it can be Pittsburgh Uh AJ Green is slated to maybe come back. He didn't tear it. He only sprained it. His hamstring. Uh, one player does kind of make a team sometimes, but I, I think Mike Tomlin got the heads on straight of the Steelers, and uh, you know, yeah, we talked about it. They're going to do what they do. Steelers. Garbage. Alright, next <laughs> up. <laughs> New Orleans heading into Arizona. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, I got to go with Arizona on this one because uh, the offense New Orleans does have. I mean, Mark Ingram's having himself an all right year. But New Orleans mostly gets it done in the air. And Arizona, uh, they, they still got a great deep. They still got this guy named Patrick Peterson. Uh, so I see the Cardinals. Honey Badgers might be out, though. That's. <laughs> This isn't the New Orleans defense of uh, Bounty Gate days. Going with the Cardinals. <sighs> I, I don't know. I'm really in a like contrarian mood, but I can't. I can't do it. I'm just. I'm just living with this. Going. Yeah. I, I'd be a fool to pick uh, the Saints. So give me the Cardinals. Yeah, we talked about it. Drew Brees, it, it's not over, but it's coming to a close. And I think you're right. The Cardinals' defense is going to stop them, and, uh, you know, their sputtering offense might get on track a little bit. You know, hopefully DJ finally gets back on track and starts running right. I don't know. But I, I, I just got to say the Cardinals have a better shot in this game. It's definitely going to be a what the fuck in, uh, in, in the middle of that game, I can tell you. All right, your boy, Iceman, Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers heading down what, to Atlanta the to the Georgia Dome. 
We can do it on a 50-yard yawn at the George Dome. Well, the dirty birds kick the trees, all right? Falcons. I mean, come on, really? That's Falcons. It'll be by a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, as much as I want 49ers to hand a loss to the Falcons, it's, it's, just not, it's just not realistic. That's like asking, like, R. Kelly to walk past the fucking middle school at recess and not piss on somebody. So <laughs> that's like asking the Bills to get defeated by Cleveland. It's not going to happen. Yeah, give me the Falcons. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nobody's even going to turn that game on. They're not even aware there's a game. Yeah, all right. No, my boy Alvin. He's a huge fucking Dirty Birds fan. He'll he'll turn it on. And God forbid Tampa Bay loses, because then he'll be like, oh, first place, oh, and then I'll have to hear it. So. All right, New England at Denver. Last year, this is a hard game to pick, not this year. I'm going with New England. Yeah, I mean, New England's just the machine, you know. <laughs> Welcome, my son. Welcome to the machine. That's just what they are. They just roll over motherfuckers. So... Give me the pads. Yeah, uh, that's one of the first things that, you know, all three of us talked about when I first entered the, you know, the podcast. Is it Tom or is it the, the system? It's the system. Gronk's gone for the rest of the season. They're still winning. Brady gone in the beginning of the season. Still winning. Take his draft pick. Still winning. It's the damn system. It, it, it's hard to beat. It's possible. It happens every now and again. You kind of... Nod and what what happened? Oh shit! But very few and far between. And uh, yeah, Broncos don't have the makeup that it takes to do it this year. So pets. All right. Next three games for me. We're on trap game alert. All right. My opinion. Next up, Oakland at San Diego. That being said, I do think Oakland will win this game uh, because where I think Oakland's weak spot is their defense. So San Diego's. Uh, but it's a division game. It's warm weather. Raiders just lost. They're going to be pissed. Uh, and they took a worse loss in San Diego, in my opinion. Uh, throwing out the trap game alert for Oakland, but I'm picking Oakland. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Stats-wise, you know, offense numbers are very similar. But, uh, Oakland's got a little bit of a better defense than the Chargers. And I just, I, I, I don't think, what do the Chargers have to play for? Anybody? Nothing. And that's, that's what's dangerous. That's, that's, that's where my trap game feeling comes from. Never underestimate a team with <laughs> nothing to lose. Right. I understand that, but how many times, how many times has the Chargers been that spoiler? I mean, they pretty much live up to your low expectations, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. Give me the Raiders. I can't see this as a trap game. I can't see this as anything as, you know, I bought into the Raiders uh, a long time ago, and I'm, I'm Lions to the end. I'm with you. But Raiders are a powerhouse this year. I don't know why. I don't know what happened or who woke who up, but they are. Khalil Mack is a linebacker. Hell of a linebacker. Uh, you know, Mari Cooper, hell of a receiver. I mean, they got they got 
you know, peoples, and they're doing it. Uh, I, 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 you can't look at the Raiders' last game against the Chiefs and say, maybe they're not. No, you can't do that because the Chiefs are, in fact, a powerhouse. And, you know, heads collided. Chiefs came out ahead. It happens. Hey. But that being said, Chargers are nowhere close to a powerhouse. Yeah, Raiders. I'll give you that. But all I'm saying, all I'm saying <laughs> is uh, you can throw against Oakland, and that's what Phillip has been doing this year. Just saying, look out. All right, okay, next, I think Sunday, you know. Yep. Next up, Tampa Bay at Dallas. It's another trap game. Dallas, be careful. Uh, right, I mean, you picked Dallas, right? They're at home. They're the best team in the league. Uh, but Tampa Bay has been... You know who's been playing that spoiler this year, Rich? Tampa Bay. Uh, they snuck one out against the Chiefs. They snuck one out against Seattle. Uh, they're tied right now for the top of their division. Uh, but I'm picking Dallas. Yeah, I can't even be a homer enough to try to act like I think Tampa's going to win this one. Yeah, let me put it this way. Tampa wins this one. I'll go so far as to say I think they're for real this season. But as far as picking them, that ain't going to happen. So, give me the boys. I don't know if I could even go as to say they're for real, per se. Um, they're they're aight. They're aight. Uh, but once again, you can't look at the Cowboys and say that they lost against the Giants and maybe they're not who we thought. No. Two powerhouse teams collided. It was a 7 to, what, 10 game? 7 to 13, 10 to 13 game? I was so very low scoring. It was a hell of a game. And, you know, Giants just had it. Cool. Uh, that all being said, once again, Bucks, not the Giants. Sorry, Cowboys win this one. I Monday night, what a turd game. <laughs> you got Carolina at Washington. Here's my other trap game. Final uh, trap game. Tell me, look out, Washington. Just look what look what Carolina did last week. All of a sudden, their defense woke up. When hey, remember we used to be good. Um, I remember. Yeah. Hey, remember the Super Bowl? That's kind of what went on last week in uh, Carolina. Uh, but I'm, I'm continue true to form, talking out of both sides of my mouth for the last three picks. I'm gonna pick Washington, but just I wouldn't. I'd say don't be surprised if Carolina sneaks this one out. Because Washington, as we know, team I'm not buying this year. Yeah. <sighs> It hurts me to say this, because even though he was dressed up like he was going to be Sister Cam at the, at the Southern Baptist Church and, and for the post-game press conference, or Brian Fellows, I know which way you want to go. Both work. We'll go ahead and pick the Panthers. Uh, this one actually is kind of difficult because the Panthers did just what the fuckings me last game. And it was, you know, San Diego they beat, and but they beat them. They stomped them. And Redskins are kind of San Diego. I mean, I put them there. They're, they're there. However, the Redskins do have a hell of a receiving court that is being developed by eh, an okay quarterback. I don't think Panthers have what it takes to stop that. And I also think the Panthers' offensive line doesn't have to take 
what it takes to stop Cam from getting hit dead. I see Cam crying. There will be no ties worn. He will sit the first series of the game. And, uh, yeah. Kirk Cousins. You like that. You won. I just play devil's advocate to the point that these quote-unquote weapons, two out of three of these weapons on Washington are has-beens with your, your Vernon Davis and your Deshaun yeah. Jackson. Okay, okay, but there there's Pierre Gasson. Another Crowder out of left field. Who's tell he? Me the last time Pierre Garçon was good, and I bet you it will be in the Super Bowl when he was with the Saints. Okay, but I'm saying th- these are people you have to account for as a defense, just like Adrian P- Peterson. You have to. You have to. You have to account for him because the moment you don't, they'll fuck you. Kirk Cousins has been making all of his money this year off of Jamison Crowder and. Uh, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Jordan Reed. The rest of that offense is all a bunch of also rans and has beens, like guys uh-huh. that were great five plus years ago. Uh huh. And they're winning. I'm just saying. I mean, do do you want to get out their schedule? Because it's stop with the eye test. You did you did that against the Lions. Yeah, and the best team you've beaten this year is one game over 500 still. Well, now two. So I mean, you're getting there. But, but that's because the Lions beat them that they have that record. When they beat Philadelphia, they had a very good winning record. And I told you that Car- that Carson Wentz wasn't that good, and we had a very long discussion. You could go listen to the – we have it. We had a very long discussion if he was the guy that's going to lead them back. And I said, no, he falters at Detroit. And he did. So the Detroit Lions beat – good teams when they were good. The fact that they've lost a step ever since then is what it is. Same thing with Minnesota. Beat them when they were on a roll. Have imploded. So, I mean, but look at who the Redskins have faced. They faced the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Giants, uh, Baltimore, Detroit, uh-huh. the Pack, the Cowboys again. I mean, they've had a much tougher road. So, I mean, I guess I'm making your point for you a little bit. but Kind of are. Pierre Garçon, old and busted. Vernon Davis, old and busted. Deshaun Jackson, old and busted. <laughs> Redskins, seven and five. <laughs> just saying. But they, they Jesus God, you know, I just realized the reality of a Lions Super Bowl win. Chris, we're going to have to listen to this insufferable bastard be even more insufferable than he already is. <sighs> but here's who the 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 Redskins, no, the Redskins have beat the Giants. That's a good team. The Browns, big deal. The Ravens, eh. That's kind of like, you know, it's a team of equal ability. The Eagles, you beat them twice. Uh, You're one of the dubious people to have a tie this year. They beat the Vikings, who are meh. All right, you beat the Pack, I'll give you the credit. I mean, but uh, just, I'm just, for some reason, I'm just not not buying the Redskins. I see them being, if if they get in. Being a player in the playoffs. They're first-round fodder, if they get in. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're going to be the end all to the conference or anything. They're not challenging the Cowboys for the lead in, in their division. Not even close. But they are making pretty well waves, if you will, with has beens and maybe some never was. Just wait for that. Uh, wait for that inevitable Pierre Garcon injury, though. But that's okay because he's bringing along 
Crowder, so as you stated. I guess so, but you can also see, too, uh, when Jordan reads out, they lose. Yeah. They lost against the Cardinals. They lost against the Cowboys. It's a game he went out in. I mean, uh, I don't know. But I should dissect the Redskins. I mean, from Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I just, I see it, you know. I, I got to say what I see, and I see it. So I think there's a lot of crying to do for Cam, and how do you like me now is going to be played for, you know, Kurt. No, but look at his division, though. He's got to. You got to. You got to be better than. You got to somehow come out. You. You got the Giants and the Cowboys in front of you. Good luck. That's. That's a rough part. Not, that's an almost impossible task. But what I'm asking you is, can he beat Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers? Yes, he can. Give him that long and drawn out pick. But yes, correct. And I drug it out. <laughs> But oh, football three nights a week this week. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. No. I'm, wait, what? You get Thursday, you get Saturday, you get Sunday. And Monday? Oh, four, four nights. My bad. Sorry. Wow. We're counting that game on Monday as an actual football game? Yeah, I know, right? Hey, it gives me a reason to sit, drink beer, and watch football. So, yeah. Amen, brother. And with that being said, wow, it. We were over the three-hour mark again, so we apologize for the audio quality, but there are limitations to what you can upload. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes we got to go to a lower uh, bit rate to make sure we can uh, get, get everything uploaded. But thanks to everybody who's listened, who's downloaded, who shares, who likes on Facebook, who retweets. Uh, thanks. Uh, there's a lot of sports podcasts out there. If you're listening, thank you. Realize you got a lot of choice. I want to know, somebody... we. Like the our state where we're the the second or third most of our downloads are coming out of is Virginia. I don't know anybody who lives in Virginia. Do you guys? No. CIA. CIA is in Virginia. Well, I say unless the government <laughs> is uh, <laughs> the government. Government started listening to all our podcast because they're not just on this feed either. Look, <laughs> it's on all the rest. Of me. <laughs> oh damn it! Between <laughs> un, between unregimented and. Ice's fucking hate for uh, Kaepernick. We're on some sort of watch list. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we do nothing. Either that or they're, they're taking my picks and making sports bets. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or both. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks, everybody. My boy in the middle of the freaking country knows how to pick a game, boy. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're being tapped by national talent. Like, we're gonna <laughs> pull this guy off of this podcast. That a few dozen people listen to every week. Hey, but if you're part of those few dozen, hey, thanks. Uh, we appreciate you listening and downloading. And uh, we'll, man, next time we talk, we're going to be talking about week 16. That's depressing, but bowl games coming up too, so we got that to look forward to. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. All right, later, guys. Later, folks. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening.
Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.